Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 92 of your favorite bi-weekly trophy hunting show. I'm your host, Colin Colhoven, joined, as always, by Mr. Quads himself, Mr. Leg Day, Daryl Fuimano. That's your new nickname, by the way, permanently, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I'm loving it, man. I actually did legs the other day, so it's a fitting title for me. Yeah, pretty soon you're going to just be busting out of your pants like the Hulk. You're, they won't be able to contain your quads. <laughs> for real, man. <laughs> Maybe I, s- I should get you some purple shorts to wear. What do you think? Pretty cool. Right, cause... I actually have... No, purple's not bad. You know, It's actually grown on me over the years. I wouldn't mind wearing purple. Oh, I like purple, for sure. I can't wear pink because I look like a shrimp. I'm too pale. So if I wear pink, I look like an actual piece of seafood. But uh, purple's not bad. Not bad. Okay. Well, good to have you, sir. Welcome to the show. How are your workings out, and how has uh, the day been going for you? Uh, workouts have been going great. Uh, you know, just trying to stay consistent and you know, try to keep at it. I have my wife to thank for that. She's the one who's really been going to the gym, and I kind of just followed her lead after. And, you know, we have set goals for ourselves, so that's what's kind of keeping me driven. As far as everything else, everything's pretty good. You know, just taking it day by day. Hell yeah. Very good, sir. It it certainly does help to have a partner for your fitness goals, someone to motivate you, because I know for at least myself and Stephanie, there are definite days where one of us doesn't feel like doing something, but the other one will be like, no, it's like, we got to go. Like we said, we're going to run today. Like we got to go do it. It's like, ah, oh, fuck. All right, let's go. <laughs> like, Get it done. I feel like, uh, like 90% of the time it's me saying, I don't want to go. Mm. And then my wife's like, always the one to convince me like, no, you got to go. And I'm like, ah, oh, gosh, but usually it all works out. Cause I usually have like my best workout days when I don't want to go to the gym. Right. Once you're in there and you're feeling it. Yeah, I must, I must admit, it's probably 80% of the time that I'm the one who has to convince Stephanie to go. <laughs> no shade, no shade, but it's usually me that's like, nah, man, Tuesday. We said we're going to run on Tuesday, so we're going. <laughs> like, you know, I can help with chores or whatever around the house that can get you the time to go, but we said we're doing it, so let's get out there. But fantastic, sir. Good to hear. I'm, uh, I'm going to be joining a gym soon, so I'll be able to update you on that as time goes, I think, starting in, like, two weeks or something. I'm going to get it as like a present for my parents for a uh, early birthday. So I'm excited. Nice. Yes, sir. And we're also joined by slugger JD, AKA the closet man, AKA the revolving setup, AKA Arkansas's finest. How are you doing, sir? It's me. I'm good. Right on. What, uh, what do you think of those nicknames? I, I'm, I'm collecting them like Pokemon. I like it. Right on. Do you have a favorite for it? Uh, Arkansas. I don't know finest. how I feel about Mister. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't claim Arkansas. Arkansas's very <laughs> own <laughs> Slugger JD. <laughs> Ooh, let's see. I like Mister Revolving Setup because the closet was a one-time thing, but I have revolved setups. I've revolved microphones. I've revolved laptops. Location. I'm I'm figuring this shit out as we go. So, I think that's the most fitting. Yeah, I mean, and there's nothing... Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, if I had to pick one, I think that's the most fitting. Okay, yeah. There's nothing wrong with it, is what I was going to say. It's just, you know, it's interesting. It's actually, in a way, a kind of selling quality, because you can be like, hey, I can podcast anywhere, all right? 
All yeah. I need is a couple little things, and I can be in this room. I can be in this room. I can be in this state. I can be on a cruise ship. It doesn't matter. I'll get it done. Pretty Viewers impressive. never know what they're going to get. Keep them, you know, keep them guessing. That's right. Next episode, Plugger is going to be joining us from a sailing vessel on the Atlantic. <laughs> You're going to be hearing ripping winds <laughs> as he goes through. <laughs> nice. All right. Very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing some deep sea fishing in the background. It's going to be fantastic. Very good, sir. Well, thank you for joining us this evening. Now, we are recording slightly earlier in our timeline than we would normally do. We're recording on a Monday night for a little peek behind the curtain there. So it hasn't actually been too long since we've recorded last, and you guys had a double feature the last week that you recorded with appearances on the PlayStation Games or PlayStation Plus Games Club podcast with Kevin. So well done. I listened to that show. It was, was really, really awesome to hear you guys on that. I think you did a great job. So congrats on that. Wanted to shout that out one more time. If you haven't listened to it, well, go thanks. and check it out. Yeah, yeah, I thought you guys did great. Very cool. And uh, yeah, a couple other housekeeping things to get into here before we get into the, the run-of-the-mill show here for episode 92. We're going to be talking about what games we've been playing. We've got some Patreon questions, Platinum shoutouts, the riffraff as we've come to know it. But first, wanted to update folks on the race, which is going on over in our Discord. Now, if you're listening at this point and you haven't signed up, you cannot do that at this point. In fact, we are almost done with the race. We are within a few weeks slash a month here of final points uh, calculation. I was going to say tabulation, but that's a fucking weird word. So, yeah, Slugger, you just posted an update today in the Discord, if I recall correctly. I did. How's it going over there with the race? What's Mm. What's it looking like? the let, let's see i don't want to discourage anyone from competing this last month because i think there is still some wiggle room for some shakeup. but the top three do seem for the most part pretty locked in uh, i know the top one is actually you know i don't want to call too soon here's what i'll do i'm going to give you the top three i think some of these people could pull some sneaky come from behinds um Ooh. i'll say why here in a second so we got lee war at 97 games completed mind-blowing i think i said that last time yeah that's incredible um <laughs> i think i've got maybe 15 this whole year <laughs> yeah uh, absolutely insane number of completed games 796.5 points uh for lee war there in first place wow lorenzo lorenzo lame uh i just have him marked as lorenzo on our leaderboard he has 30 games completed for 494.5 points so he's just about 300 points behind Lee War. And then Rain is coming in there in third place with 21 games completed, 377 points. All the more impressive knowing Rain is hosting the game we talked about in the last episode, trophy hunting and hosting tournaments over uh, of their own. So. And a mom. And I think working full time too. So just pff, absolutely killing it. Yeah. So. That's our top three. I would say Emerson. Well, you know, I'll throw a fourth in there. Emerson's right there, right behind Reyna uh, with 17 games completed, 277 points. And then next comes me and then a whole smashing of people below that. Um, lots of good comp- competition. Tons of completed games. I love seeing what people are playing and what they thought of it. So keep sharing those plats. Keep sharing your experiences. Please share your experiences. I think the race is more fun when people can actually like talk about why they enjoyed the platinum instead of just sharing the the image and moving on and never discussing it. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. I think it is a 
I totally agree. I think it is a little bit of a interesting scenario because you kind of want to do that in two spots, but that's just to keep that channel uncluttered. But definitely recommend like you post it, post it in the plat shot rather. Go ahead and post it in the trophy room or go into the race discussion channel and you know talk about it a little bit there so that you have like another area that you can expound a little bit. I always love reading the write-ups from the people in our Discord. Um, I know Pat, the trophy hunter, has got some really detailed ones he always does, and a lot of people do really great write-ups for their games, and I think it's, you know, it adds some depth and some flavor rather than just being like, okay, here's the plat. Did you enjoy it at all? Was it fun, difficult? How many playthroughs? How much time? You know, those kinds of things. So, yeah, very cool to see it. And, of course, with that almost being done, right, that area of the Discord is going to undergo some maintenance and some changes probably in the near future. So be on the lookout for that because we'll have to rename things or, you know, pin different rules or whatever for what we end up doing. And so it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's not going to look the exact same for too much longer. So enjoy that. Prizes for first, second, and third, as you said. I think we called that out. So, yeah, yep. Daryl, anything you want to add for the race? Uh, for the race, I was hoping to beat you. I'm not far behind you, Colin. So I'm. I'm, I'm I mean, you're pretty. You're pretty far you. behind you. I mean, obviously, no one can. <laughs> <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. All right. <laughs> no. You were my competition, <laughs> man. Yeah, I. Oh man, let me see. I'm pulling it up right here. Where am I? At? Oh, but you, you know really? You really aren't that far behind though at all. Like I don't even you know guys... what games got me that many points. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna, you guys have the same number of completed games. You both have 12 completed games. Yeah. Colin, you got, what is that, a 19-point lead on Daryl? So, yep. Yeah, you, you've you been playing the rare things, the harder things. Someone right. say Colin is the, the true pro gamer. I mean, obviously, we all knew that, but this just confirms it. That, I yes. mean, really, if Daryl can do Wolfenstein 2, like, obviously, I can do it. No problem, you know. Um. Clearly, based off these <laughs> stats I'm looking at. Based off these numbers, Daryl, I'm going to go ahead and do Outlast 2. I'm going to do, I mean, it's it's got to be, you know, I'm just going to get it knocked out. Uh, but I am heartened to see, actually, Daryl, that you and I are not too far away from, from like, okay, so like the top four, top five, whatever, maybe even top six, right, after Zachary, or up to Zachary. The rest of us are all like not crazy, crazy far apart from one another. So it's like, and I'm really intrigued by like Sushi and Mr. Collector and EDJ, who it's like, they have the same games as us or less or even like, you know, maybe one or two more, but they have like, like Sushi has 143.5 points, but he only has two more games than you and me. So right. that's pretty crazy. And I think that to me, that just means the whole like point scoring system is working. I think like being able to do those rarer games and get those big points, you know, and, and kind of cement yourself as racing that way. Or you can do the thing where it's like, like, no, I don't mean to call him out at any, by any means, but just as an example, like King K has eight games, but only 33 points, you know, because it's just, yeah, it just, it all depends what you want to go for and what kind of a, you know, strategy you wanted to take. But uh, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So we're almost done, guys. Remember, keep playing, keep submitting your stuff. I think there is wiggle room there, like you said, Slugger in the second and third place. Kind of, kind of area at the top. So yeah, I guess discouraged. I didn't expound on that. Where I was going to go is uh, updating today. Lorenzo's been on a freaking roll. Yes, he has. Uh, just, I would say a large majority of the last couple of weeks in the plot shot has been dominated by Lorenzo Lame. So yep. I'm wondering if he's gunning for that top spot, see if he can make up a couple hundred points here in the next, I don't know, month and a week. Yeah. Four or five weeks. Let us see how it goes. I'm very excited. 
And thank you for the calculations there and doing that and posting that today. Appreciate it, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Another housekeeping item here. We are quickly approaching episode 100 of the show, which is absolutely mind-blowing. Definitely need to give ourselves a pat on the back for that. Doing anything consistently for 100 episodes. Harder than you think. Okay, so well done to us. But people have been asking, are we doing anything special for the show for episode 100? The answer is yes. We are looking to have a special guest on the show that we are trying to coordinate with and get that all ironed out, logistically speaking. But we are planning on having a special guest for episode 100 and doing something pretty fun and cool. So hopefully you will enjoy that. We are eight episodes away, so about four months away. So we've got some time. But at the end of this year, we'll be coming up on episode 100. So it's going to be a good time. Hope you look forward to it. And last but not least, I wanted to get the brain juices flowing with a quick check-in. Okay, so we're almost in September. It is August 21st at the time of recording. So we all had goals for this year. We all had things that we were trying to achieve, whether that was a certain number of games, certain number of platinums, getting through our backlog these with specific titles in mind, or getting our completion percentage up, getting more ultra rares, whatever, whatever, right? And I'm just kind of curious how you're feeling about your gaming goals for the year so far. Do you feel good about where you're at at this point in the year? Because we're coming up on... What could be a quiet month in September on PlayStation if you're electing to not get um, Baldur's Gate 3 over there and if you're not going to be playing Armored Core 6. But assuming you're not playing those games, you're waiting until October when there's a slew of stuff coming out. So maybe you get your backlog time in here. It's a good time to assess, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, Daryl, let's go to you first. Just quick, you know, high level. How are you feeling about your gaming goals for this year? I knew you were trying to hit a certain number of Platinums. You feel like you can do it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think think when this first this question first came up, you know, I was aiming to do at least seventy five platinums, you know, a third of the way uh, to a hundred. So I was thinking seventy five will probably take me up the entire twenty twenty three year. But I think I'm doing pretty well at this point. Um, I've been playing a lot of games. Um, mm-hmm. It was pretty slow at the very beginning of the year. I was playing like some big games, Inscription, Heavy Rain. I was playing those. But over the last few months, it's really picked up, which is due in part to when I got the extra service. So I've been able to find a lot of games that I've really wanted to play. And, you know, I've been able to have a really good balance of playing like really big games and then kind of having some fillers in between. But I, I've been pretty, uh, pretty spoiled lately. I just feel like I'm having so much fun with these filler games that I just don't even want to go back to the bigger games. <laughs> You're having so much just fun so with SpongeBob f- yeah. that you don't even feel the need. What did I tell you, dude? SpongeBob, hell, hell of a game. You're just, you're enjoying it so much, is what I'm hearing you say. I mean, I'll share, I'll share my thoughts on the game, but I, I wouldn't really say I had a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> but, um, I think I'm doing pretty well on my goal. Um, I, I'm almost at 75. I think I can probably close out the year with 80 Platinums, maybe even a couple more. Nice, man. But doing pretty good. I'm playing a lot of games. And I think my other gaming goal was to kind of limit myself on like spending new, uh, spending money on new games, which I've been doing pretty well on because I have... You know, I talked about this with you today. I have Ragnarok and Dead Space in the backlog currently that I bought at full price day one. Right. 
and the extra service is helping a lot too. You know, I'm just always able to find games on there that I can play and not really have to worry about spending money on anything. Damn you. Damn you. <laughs> I know, man. I know, man. It's hard. I'll get to it when I go. Well, I'll go, I'll go last year. I want to throw it over to you, Slugger, and get your thoughts on, on this and how you're doing. But suffice it to say, I don't uh, find it as easy to resist the temptation. So... Anyway, Slugger, what about you? What do you what do you think? How are you doing? Your goals were more completion percentage oriented, if I recall. How yep. has that been? It's it's not been. <laughs> right on, right um, on. <laughs> yep, that's it. No, I. So overall, I feel satisfied with the games I've played this year. I feel satisfied with the games I've cleaned up. I've played a lot more. I guess where I'm not satisfied is I told myself, like, you're the backlog. Let's do it. I'm cleaning this completion percentage up. And I'm hitting that in waves, but not as big of waves as I thought I would. I don't know an exact number, but I would say for every, like, one to two games I clean up and pull off of my backlog, I'm, like, starting new lists. Or, you know, starting, like, three or four new lists. So I'm not making as good of progress as i would have liked to let's see i got some numbers here i started the year at 55.44 percent okay and last year uh, i raised my percentage about five and a half percent i wanted to beat that this year and raise it seven and a half percent to get to 63 percent total like overall profile completion and that just didn't happen i'm and it won't like, I think even if I played only backlog stuff till the end of the year, I don't think it would happen because I've only raised my percentage 2.26% mm. from the beginning of the year, which is cool. Um, I'm getting close to 60, uh, 60% because I'm about to hit 58, but I think the 63 goal in a 7% raise was a little too lofty. So, like I said, I'm not going to let that beat me down, though, because I've played a lot of great new games. I've checked out a lot of cool new stuff, and I've also went back and been able to clean up a little bit. I have made some gains. At least it's not a loss, but it's not as big. So right. I'm I'm satisfied. <clears throat> Good. Yeah, I think that's an, it's an important thing. I was <laughs> listening to an episode of Sacred Symbols, or maybe it was, I don't know if it was Sacred Symbols, something in the L LSM sort of pipeline where they were talking about the backlog idea. And Colin had like a pretty interesting take on it where he was basically just like, it's not possible. It is literally not possible to play all the things in your backlog that you want to play, especially if you're a gamer who plays across multiple systems, right? Like imagine trying to play everything on Game Pass. Imagine trying to get through the history of all the good games on PlayStation or Nintendo IP, right? It's just not possible to do. So you kind of have to pick your battles and be okay with that. But the idea that I, that I really liked that he said was like, unshackle yourself from your backlog. Like stop yeah. worrying about it and stop like being so freaked out about it because it's not like TV or I guess TV is a bad example. It's not like movies maybe or things like that, where it's like you could conceivably sit down in a year and watch 300 movies, right? They're two hours. It's not too bad. But like, you're telling me you, you let's say you've never played final fantasy. You've never played Yakuza, right? They're in your backlog. You're going to get through you're not even going to get through all of those probably in like multiple years time, let alone all the new stuff that comes out. And so I guess the point I'm trying to make is I really try to take that to heart and be like, okay, like not that I was so concerned about it before anyway, but like if you feel like playing something, play it. 
but don't just play it because it's in your backlog. At least for me, that that's how I I interpreted that, right? And I think you can kind of see it in my spending behavior because I've been getting a lot of like newer stuff that's come out. Like I just on a whim bought Bolt Gun and Quake 2 and, you know, I pre-ordered AC Mirage already. I got Final Fantasy 16 behind me, Returnal, right? All these games that I wasn't necessarily planning on getting this year because I was going to be going through and doing my backlog, you know, it just, uh, I don't know. It just didn't end up working out that way. Like at the beginning of the year, I made good strides, like you were saying, Slugger, and I did, you know, clean up some stuff. Like I'm happy I went back. I got, you know, Last of Us Remastered done. That was a really big one. I got, you know, Resident Evil 7 to 100%. I got um, Resident Evil 2 Remake cleaned up until Dawn cleaned up, Detroit cleaned up, like a bunch of stuff. But then it sort of like kind of went to shit after that. And, and I think for me, it was really because a lot of the games I was playing were bigger and took quite a long time like re7 overall was like 80 hours for me with all the dlc and stuff you know and the main game was probably like 35 of that so a lot of the dlc cleanup re4 we all talked about many times was a huge amount of time last of us remastered probably 50 to 60 hours in that i can't recall right now you know the division clocking in at almost 100 hours right and still not even done with all the dlc on that so it's just it's really hard to do those games and make progress and reach those goals. And we're not even considering the whole A to Z challenge that came up. Raina's thing, like you talked about last week, you know, other sort of like competitions and things that you want to take place in that might come up along the way. So yeah, I just find it funny to look at and we'll do it more at the end of the year when we do our like year in review, but just to kind of check in and be like, all right, what did we say we were going to do at the beginning of the year? How am I doing on that? Like, I said I was going to buy or play no more than five new games this year. Nope. <laughs> I just listed five new games <laughs> for you I purchased in the last month. So Oct- October alone probably would have broke you there. October is, you know, and ugh, dude, don't even get me started. I'm, ugh, I really, <laughs> I think really, every episode we hit it. I really, really want to play Boulder's Gate 3 now. Like, I really want to play it because I just spent the weekend playing D&D and I'm like, man, I love D&D. And I know how to play D&D. And a lot of people would say the combat in Baldur's Gate is the most intimidating part. I'm like, not for me. Like, I've fucking played D&D. It's pretty straightforward, you know? So it's like, I don't know. Anyway, like, I think that would be so cool. And then there's fucking Armored Core 6, October shit, November Call of Duty got released now or or announced now. We talked about that a little bit. So it's just, it's so much stuff. And uh, I'll be curious to see where we end up. I think you can hit your completion percentage goal, Slugger, and I believe... I can I can get mine as well. And and Daryl, you already hit your number of games, so really anything now is kind of icing on the cake, you know? Oh, yeah. I do think you guys are, or Daryl, your point about having extra, though, and that preventing you from buying games and helping you play some of these smaller titles is really an important note. You know, I wonder if I had that subscription service, if I would be purchasing stuff as well, or if I would just say, screw it, you know, and just kind of play what's on there, so... Kind of interesting to think about. But, uh, yeah, anything to add before we move on, guys? No, I I, I won't add much. I like Daryl's point with extra. I don't, I don't want to be a Sony shill and be like, I don't know, market I I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm not going to be a Sony shill, but that service is, like, awesome. If you, are, if you have a bad habit of just buying games that you may or may not play and they just sit in your backlog, like, put the buying on hold, mm-hmm. subscribe to this service, there's always new stuff to check out on there. Like, and it, the last couple months, like doing these, the PlayStation Plus roundup and doing all this stuff, like it's 
at least highlighted me like there's really good high quality games on this from indie games all the way up to like triple a games like there's really something for everyone i think it's a really valuable service if you have like a spending problem to just throw the 15 bucks a month at it or whatever kind of set that money aside and forget it and then just don't buy anything just play these games yep i i totally agree right i mean xbox we already talked about that with the game pass analog i guess it's slightly different because there haven't been a whole lot of first party (laughs) releases over there but they would come to game pass right anyway so it doesn't really doesn't really matter and that's really the only thing you're missing out on with the extra is the day one first party drops right so you wouldn't be getting spider-man or something like or hell divers on that service so maybe you end up purchasing i don't know two to three games a year right but overall it should still be much cheaper than buying everything a la carte so something to explore for sure for sure can i throw a hot take out sure i think hell divers will come to extra oh like day one yeah okay how could why that that game was very very community multiplayer focused game like the first game was all about not only just like directly playing with players in a match but there was like a community effort of all the players where like it was this humans versus the war on bugs Mm. and you would see like oh there was 500,000 players and they killed a million bugs and they got a kill or well it was like quadruple that but you know they got to kill like 20 million more this week to complete like the global mission I right. don't know, there's a big like community focus in that game that i think just giving it to everyone in a subscription subscription service would give it that like really big initial boost of players that the game needs yeah that's and a i could see it being a, like a big selling point to uh the service so who's the developer for that do you know I don't. I can. I'm. I'm just curious if it's if it's first or second party. Because if it is first party, then that is like a historic event to have that game be on there. But if it's the second party, then we've seen that before with things like Destruction All Stars or you know, yeah. There's uh, there's others that I was just thinking of, and now I've suddenly forgot. But I know it's happened, and with even timed exclusives, bug snacks, things like that. I believe it's second party, which kind of makes me think even more so that I could. Yep. launch on the extra yep so it's arrowhead game studios known for helldivers one and gauntlet surprisingly oh shit that. wow yeah so maybe you're right that there could be something there i and also there, there hasn't been a lot of buzz from what i've been seeing or hearing about that game so i think it, it could really benefit from putting it there because right now i don't think anyone's even thinking like how could you be thinking about helldivers in the midst of baldur's gate armored core 6 Starfield, and then what October Spider-Man. has in store? Yeah, in store, yeah. There's no way. I, I like completely. I'm already forgetting like Alan Wake Two's even coming out that month. I'm like what? Oh yeah, shit. You're right. Mortal Kombat One comes out in September. What? I don't know. Too much. Too much. Let's move yep. on. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to do some shoutouts for platinums earned and platinum trophies earned over in our Discord. So I'm pulling these from the Plat Shot channel over there. And uh, this is just a sort of big congratulatory moment for you folks for earning some pretty sick Platinums over the last week and a half or so. So first up, we've got EDJ3DG with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, the PS3 version, which sits at 7.51% on PSN profiles. Now, famously, that one over the remake from last year and instead of the Modern Warfare 2 campaign remaster, this one actually required still online multiplayer, spec ops, all that kind of stuff. So much more 
difficult in that regard, so well done. Number two, we've got Emerson with Call of Cthulhu sitting at a 22.68% on PSN profiles for PS4. And Emerson just graduated, so congratulations, sir. And number three, we've got Lorenzo Lame with God of War 3 Remastered sitting at a 14.8% on PSMP for the PS4. Next, we have Zachary with Crash Team Rumble, a game I totally forgot about until reading this, sitting at a 44.4% on PSN profiles for the PS5 version. And last but not least, we have Lee War with Enslaved Odyssey to the West, sitting at a 10.98% on PSMP for the PS3. And quick note before I toss it to you guys for your thoughts. When I've read these percentages before, you might notice that they are slightly different than maybe what you're seeing in the Platshot channel or when you see them in the Discord. I am looking up the PSM profiles percentage for that console in the North American region. So if some of our, you know, Discord members are posting these and they are not, you know, posting the image from the North American stats, basically, it might differ slightly. So I just wanted to call that out in case anyone was ever wondering why some of them are slightly different. So, yeah, Daryl, let's go to you. Any thoughts on these five platinum trophies? Oh, man, I really want to play Call of Duty. Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> oh, I've yeah. been sleeping on that game for a while, so it's cool that people are playing that game. Uh, God of War 3. That's probably another one I would like to play at some point again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. Three of the people have completed their C game for the A to Z challenge. I know they're not part of the, 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 the challenge, but <laughs> if they were, it seems like a lot of people are trying to knock out that C game. What are you planning on doing for that? Do you mind telling me? Ooh, for C, uh, you know what? I have not thought of that. Okay. All right. You want me to give you one? I'll tell you sure. what. I'm, yeah, what are you doing, Slugger? Look up course on PlayStation PlayStation Extra. C H O R U S. It looks like a oh, pretty chorus. dope little ten to fifteen hour spaceship shooter. Looks like a lot of fun and right up your alley since you played. Uh, God, what was that Star Wars game? Oh, the, uh, the, the, the squadrons. squadrons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, squadrons. Okay, I'll check it out. All right, uh, there you go, Colin. See, I had Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War from PS Plus, which is not an easy one, but then I also have Convergence, a League of Legends story, the Echo game that I've still not played. So that was what I was going to do for C. But, yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, a couple of those in there. God of War 3 Remastered, of course. Great game. Crash Team Rumble. I'm surprised to see that so high. Slugger, does that surprise you? I don't. I haven't really looked at anything about this list or this game other than what Maximum posted in the, in the Discord when it first came out. Based on what Maximum posted, no, because I remember he posted and played for like two hours, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Oh, here's my progress after two hours," and he was already at like seventy-five, percent, <laughs> whatever he was at. Just insane. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm, I'm not too surprised. But I, outside of Max, uh, Max's comment, I don't know anything about the game, so. I don't have a good answer. It's just, I find it weird that that game even exists. It's sort of like that multiplayer Destroy All Humans game that came out and just, like, with a fart and basically disappeared. Like, I don't even, who's talking about this shit? <laughs> you know, it, like... It reminds me of the whole, like, PS3, Xbox 360 era where every game, it seems like every game was trying to shoehorn in some type of multiplayer, like, variant. Right, right. And, uh... How, what's the big one that always comes to mind? God of War Ascension had multiplayer, which is like Bioshock why? 2. Like, Bioshock 2. Like, these aren't multiplayer games. Batman uh, Arkham Knight. 
Oh, oh right. Uh, I forgot about well, Arkham Origins. Origins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one. Yeah, so weird. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I guess for this, like, that's a good point. Like, would you rather that Crash 4 had this Crash Team Rumble multiplayer built in and there was trophies related to it? Or would you rather it be a separate list and you could just choose to avoid it, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I guess I'd rather have it be separate in this case. Yeah, I think from a trophy hunting perspective, I'd rather it be separate. From, like, a just gamer's perspective, it's like, "Mm, I don't know. I'd rather you just put that in there. If you really wanted to do some multiplayer, put it in the base game and, you know, let me just gravitate to it if i want to but yeah it's interesting uh daryl anything else to add about any of these trophies though before we move on oh i think that's all i got right on sir right on enslaved odyssey to the west one that i've heard of before i know i don't know anything about it but i did see that it was developed by ninja theory which piqued my interest Mm -hmm. a little bit but yeah two ps3 games on the shout outs here guys so well done for you folks still going back and playing that console. We're going to talk about the PS3 in some capacity in the coming moments here. But first, I want to give some special shout-outs to our Patreon supporters. If you like the show and you like what we do, you can go on over to patreon.com slash trophytalkpodcast and check out our various tiers of support, ranging all the way from bronze up to the platinum tier. The silver tier and up, you get to write in questions each and every episode to the show that we will answer to the best of our ability. And of course, at the bronze level and above, you get a shout-out. So, this is a special shout out to all of our Patreon supporters over there. Thank you all so much. So thank you to Against Me 75, Buff Cupcake, First Mage, Zachary, The Portland Kevin, Diego Juan, B Down, King K6969, Pat the Trophy Hunter, Skrillis, the Sly Cooper, sorry, the Sly G Cooper, and Maximum Carnage. Thank you all very much for your support of the show. It truly does mean a lot. And we very much appreciate it. So let's get into our Patreon submitted questions for the episode. Only a few today, and then we'll get into some roundup, if there is a roundup. And if no roundup, then we'll get into what we've been playing. You guys ready? Let's do it. All right, good. You sound excited. That's the most important thing. (laughs) (laughs) So the first question comes to us from the Portland Kevin. Hello, Kevin. He says, actual question for the show. Thank you. Which PlayStation console design do you aesthetically like the most? My favorite would have to be the PS4 1.1 revision where Sony switched to an all-matte finish for the console. Runner-up would be the PS5 disc version. Okay, guys. Well, real quick before I pass it to you, Slugger, first, I would just say I didn't even realize that the all-matte version of the PS4 was not the 1.0 model. That is indeed what I had was the 1.1 revision, but I bought my PS4 a couple years late. So that explains it. But what about you? You have been a a PlayStation player and console owner for longer than me. What is your favorite design and why? Ooh, I don't, man, I don't like going first on this one. Well, too bad, bro. Uh, (laughs) I'm thinking all all my favorite. We can, we can go to Daryl if you want. No, I, cause this is a hard one. I didn't, I don't know if I particularly like any of them. There you go. There it is. There it is. That's the first. hot take, dude. <laughs> that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> if I, I don't know. The PS5 at first, when I first unboxed it, I'm like, this thing is a freaking monstrosity of a system. <laughs> Standing at like four feet tall and a foot wide. Like, where am I going to put this in my house? And yeah. 
it was so bad to the point of where like it doesn't fit in my entertainment center. I actually, I'm probably gonna get flamed for this, but I have it up on the mantle above my fireplace. Don't worry, I don't turn my fireplace on, but I literally have nowhere to, else to like connect this thing or like. And it looks so out of place in my living room. It looks ridiculous. I'll post a picture in the Discord sometimes, but I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of grown on me. Like it, it's sleek and it's different. All the PlayStation systems before this were just black squares and rectangles and just very basic layouts. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know. I think size aside, I like the design of the PS5. Yeah, the white is nice. You know, it pops. Yeah. I think I, I haven't used it yet, but I like the idea of the plates. It reminds me of the Xbox 360 um, where you could change out the faceplate. Mm-hmm. What I want to see, and I think they're actually starting to do this with Spider-Man 2. Don't quote me on that, but I would love to see like special edition, special editions of games. Or if you buy like the deluxe physical version of a game on the PS5 version, I, I think like the side faceplates would be like a really dope idea to like give away like customized faceplates with special edition of games. I'd probably be buying way more special and deluxe editions if they did something like that. No, but, I, th- I think um, you are right that they exist for Spider-Man too. I just don't know if you get them with the purchase of the game or if it's like a separate thing or with the purchase of the special edition, you know, or if it's like a, you can mm, buy like yeah. the controller, you can buy all a cart or whatever. Um, yeah yeah i'm not sure but it is cool that they're doing that i think the controller looks fucking sweet i certainly don't need it but it looks awesome yeah and i think it's a cool idea because in the past if you wanted like a unique system it's like oh you got to buy this new limited edition like extra hundred dollar system that comes with x game to like i think xbox and all the like halo variants they had or god of god of uh or gears of war variants right and playstation i don't know that if they ever really leaned i guess the ps4 had special edition ps4s but with these faceplates like now people can kind of customize and make their system their own on a much cheaper level which i like so yeah i'd probably go ps5 first and then probably the ps4 slim for second mm. um the original ps4 was cool but it i don't know it had like I don't know what type of shape that is. Is that like an oblong? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that, like, yeah. it's a rhombus, I think. Right? Uh, a rhombus. It's I a think rhombus. That sounds right. Yeah. But it had like three tiers to it, if I remember right. Oh yeah, and then that the thing. Slim just, Jesus fuck. Or maybe it's two big thick tiers, and then the slim took that top, that top layer, that top tier, and slimmed it down to like half of the size. And I think it just looks like really sleek. I never had one, but. I right. just told myself, like, oh, if my OG breaks, like, I'm going to get the PS, either the Pro or the Slim model, because the Slim looks nice. So, I hate to go recent and pick the PS5, PS4, but maybe it's because I don't have a lot of memory of the PS3, PS2, PS1 era, but, yeah, PS5, PS4. No, no, I think that's fair. I mean, in theory, the console should get better every time, but that's that's what you want, both in operating systems and in power and fidelity and fidelity rather and also in uh, appearance aesthetic so I'm sure the sony technicians and engineers would love to hear you saying that that you like the newer ones better that's fantastic daryl what about you favorite playstation console and why the favorite playstation console or what well aesthetically aesthetically yeah yeah aesthetically <clears throat> that's true 
Uh, let's see. So I gotta go with the PlayStation Three. Mm. The OG one. So I actually did not own uh the OG PS3. I own the PS3 Slim. I think I came up on one when my brother didn't want his anymore. So got that one. And the the original PS3 is probably the only one I don't know uh, like how it looked visually. So I kind of just looked it up online and looked at all of the PlayStations from one to five. And um, I was actually going to go with PlayStation one. But oh. the, the more I looked at the PlayStations, I, I kind of just started really liking the PS3 design. It's, um, I mean, it, it kind of has the same size as the PS5. It's really huge. It's just a big console. Um, I like the consoles to be, like, pretty massive. But that's just me. The Slim, when I hold them, I just felt like they they were too small for me. But, I mean, I'm going to be placing them on the, on, on the flat surface, so not really a huge concern but for me at least i like the big consoles because you know i was able to hold them and you know it it just stood out better for me right um but i did like the 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 design of the playstation 3 it really looks weird and i mean it's different from the from the previous two in so many ways but i i did like kind of like that arching uh the top part of it yeah kind of just looks really different i guess I like that part of it, and I think, and this is weird, but I guess the the way that the PlayStation is, is like completely spelled out is actually kind of really cool to see. Um, and you know that logo over time has changed over the different consoles. Yeah. Um, you know you get like the PS version, or you get like the logo. Um, so it's changed over time, but I think for me aesthetically, it looks pretty cool to see that. You know, fully spelt out on the console. It, it, um, it I, looks kind of like Spider-Man font a little bit. It was. It was. It Spider-Man does. Font. Oh, it was Spider-Man oh, font. Okay. Okay. Well, that yeah, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> That's wild. That's a pretty cool I, touch to it. Hmm. Dude, they were teasing all the way back then PS3 that they were gonna make Spider-Man and Insomniac. Dude, we had no idea. Look at that. Did <laughs> <laughs> no, you That's see cool. in your? In your image search, did you see the PS1 with the attachable screen? It was like a newer model PlayStation 1, and you could buy a screen that attached to the back of it. And Oh, yeah, I saw like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm looking at it. I'm not sure if it's the one you're talking about. Is the screen kind of like a circle shape? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing it right yeah, now. It, it's a small white rectangular system and a circle screen that kind of just clipped onto the back of it. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't even know that existed for that, that console back then. Yeah, that is fucking wild. Yeah. I, so I don't know. I'm kind of approaching with like a recency bias where I only really owned the PS4 and onward, right? I never owned a Vita, never owned a PSP, right? Which technically those are in play here. You know, I'm surprised I didn't hear you defending the Vita a little more, Slugger, because uh, you're a Vita head, you know. But mm, you uh, know what? but uh, but hey, <laughs> yeah, the answers are written in ink. Can't go back. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I kind of agree with with you, Daryl. I think the PS3 really stands out as looking very distinct, and especially when you consider it in the context of the other consoles at the time. I felt like the Xbox 360 
did look cool, but it, eventually I was less impressed with it aesthetically. It just kind of like faded into like not even really noticing the console was on my entertainment center, which maybe that was because I owned it versus like a PS3. Like I would see it at friends' houses, but I always felt like the PS3 popped when I saw it. And it was that first version that you're talking about is the one that had the curved sort of casing on the top, right? And that writing. And I do think that that's really cool, but I, I have like a, a really like special place in my heart for the rhombus for the PS4. I think it was the right size, especially when you compare it to the PS5. And it still allowed the engineers to do something cool with sort of just the shape of the console and give you something that was sort of like sleek and form-fitting, but also could sort of like fit into any entertainment center that you had or just sit on a desk and, and look pretty nondescript. And I especially liked the version that Kevin's talking about with the 1.1 where it's all matte because that's the one I had, like I said. So I thought that's really cool. In terms of the PS5, I do enjoy the fact that the initial plates that I got were the white ones because I have an end zone Sony monitor, which has a white finish to it. I have an Xbox Series S next to it. I have a white, uh, you know, like LED, like lit up Alienware keyboard and mouse. I have a white, you know, PC tower. So I have this kind of aesthetic setup going on here. I've got the, the Pulse headset, which is white. And I do think that that looks really cool. And I'm also a fan of, of sticker slapping my PS5's like top, uh, whatever the fuck it's called, the top like plate, because it, I think it looks cool to have that like on there. And you can kind of remove it if you wanted to later and switch out the plates or whatever. So, yeah, there, I think there's something to say for the PS5. I think it's just too big. Like you said, Slugger, when I initially got this thing and it was unpacking, and I was like, you got to be joking me. Like, what? <laughs> like, they, they, this is some kind of joke? Because at the time, I of course, they were hard to get. I heard people talking about it on shows and podcasts. And, like, everyone said it was big, but I didn't really quite understand how big it was until I got it. And I was like, whoa. That's what she said. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um and if rumors are true right we're gonna have a ps5 pro coming out sometime later next year that is supposed to be i think a little bit smaller and there might also be like a slim model coming so who knows what they're gonna do with this stuff but i personally hope they go with the ps6 at some point down the road back to like the kind of ps3 ps4 like black color scheme design i think that that just works really well so yeah i will say ps4 version 1.1 revision slash ps3 they're kind of tied in my mind i can't speak to the ps3 as well because i didn't own it but i really enjoyed seeing it at friends houses so yeah um thank you for the question portland kevin and let us know if you're listening what do you guys think is the best aesthetically for the playstation consoles i do own a, a playstation one as well which is uh kind of random i bought it off of this like website in like 2019 along with a copy of resident evil 2 og and I played about an hour of it, and it's just been sitting in a box ever since. So that was money well spent. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Portland slash Kevin. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. King K6969. Another sort of PlayStation history question. He says, what do you consider the biggest flop in PlayStation history? Games, consoles, equipment, and tech are all fair game. Now... Real quick at the top, it should be said, and if you're listening to the show and you know us, you know this already, right? We are not the guys who have the extensive catalog memory history of every single piece of PlayStation hardware ever released. So I'm sure that there is stuff 
that is missed that we that seems so obvious potentially to some listeners that we are not going to touch on. I can really only speak from my experience in the ecosystem since 2016 and onward, and then just kind of what I know peripherally about the ecosystem after that. But here's what I'll say, and I'm going to ask you guys if you think this is a hot take. PSVR 1 and 2, absolute farts. Get them out. Get them out. I, I think when you talk about like company resources, R&D, pipeline to create the thing, shipping it out, and then the seemingly non ability or non willingness to support it with you know first party content and just what that could what that money could have gone to instead in the PlayStation ecosystem I don't think that PlayStation needs to be playing in the VR space maybe Sony wants to play in the VR space or the AR space as an electronics brand but Sony is not the place for that right where is Xbox's VR headset cuz it's a good idea and they have the resources. Oh, they're not doing one. That's weird because it's Microsoft. Yeah, because they know this is not the place for it. Gaming markets are not the place for VR. It doesn't do well, right? Some of the numbers for these games that are that are on there are just laughable for how many they're selling. And I understand that the tech is good and the technology is well designed and implemented, but come on. Like, surely this can't be the adaptation of VR that Sony was hoping for when they developed it. So my initial opinion is PSVR 1. Flash 2, maybe they did well in terms of se- of sales, but I think it's a flop in terms of what it needed to be for the money invested. So, yeah, that's my hot take. Carol, what do you think? What do you, what would you consider a flop? I'm curious, and what do you think about my stance on the VR? Ooh, VR. So, <clears throat> I my I myself have not really been interested <clears throat> in VR. It sounds pretty cool, but for me at least, I'm just not really interested in that in that area of the gaming world. So for me at least, I can I can live without VR. You know, who knows? Maybe I can change my mind a few years down the road, but currently not really all that concerned about VR. I would say, you know, it's it's rarely something I ever think about mm-hmm. when I think about PlayStation. Right. So I, I guess you can consider that a flop, you know, just like how, how is the general audience perceiving VR to be? Right. Right. Like you said, Colin, I am not the most educated on PlayStation history. There's like so many games I don't even know. And you guys are always talking about. And I'm like, <laughs> what, are, what are these guys talking about? So, well, vice versa, too. We know. all have our personal history with games. There's a lot of stuff you mentioned. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is that? You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe I'll blow your mind with this. So okay. King K mentioned that games, consoles, equipment, and tech are all fair game. But maybe you guys might remember. Do you guys remember when PlayStation was trying to compete with Netflix and Hulu? And they came out with that original series a, a while back. Wait, say that again? I'm sorry. What? I think, I, I think my so, headset got fucked up. I apologize. PlayStation came up with an original series, okay. a TV show, and I, I guess it was um, put on the PlayStation Network at some point. This was like maybe five or six years ago. Oh shit! I do kind of remember this. It was a TV show that you know that that they put out. They were trying to compete with Netflix and Hulu, hmm. and you know you... And Netflix was so far ahead of them. Oh my gosh! Are you thinking of Powers? Yeah. Oh, dude, yes. Nice. So, 
that was one that came out a while ago. I mean, the, sh- the show ran for two seasons, you know, 20 episodes, which I wouldn't really consider as a bad thing. But the fact that PlayStation couldn't really build off of that, that wasn't really a show that they needed to have as like their flagship to promote this new online TV streaming service. Like when I think of a flagship, you know, I'm thinking like, Halo on Xbox. Like, if Xbox was to have like a TV original series program, right? Halo would be the one to that I would market as like, hey, if you guys sign up on Xbox, you know, you get this as a show you can watch. Ours, I mean, it kind of follows. I mean, it's all within the creativity of like, you know, gaming and stuff. There's like the crime drama, it's just focusing on like superheroes, people who have superpowers. It's almost something like, boys on amazon something okay. like that uh but yeah it just couldn't really pick up an audience it ran for two seasons but it just really didn't really resonate with uh, a lot of fans of the comic book and of the show i guess a lot of people were complaining about the story the the visuals when i saw the visuals it kind of reminded me of something like straight out of cw hmm. but you know, it really didn't pick up, and then, you know, they had, had to cancel the show, and then after that, you know, there was really nothing else that, you know, PlayStation was trying to do with it. They kind of just let it flop and kind of just brushed it under the rug, you know? Yeah. I have not heard of anything about PlayStation coming with, you know, other original series and things like that, so I think that was probably, like, one of the biggest flaws for them, is just trying to get into that streaming know area where they can compete with the likes of netflix you know playstation ain't really you know that's not really their scene they're more about video games but i feel like it could have been better had they did like a first party game and made that like a tv show yeah that's an that's a really interesting one i totally forgot about that and i think that their newer adventures into film and tv have been better right we know like i saw uncharted i thought it was good i watched it in theaters and then i watched it one more time on netflix and they have, I don't have Peacock, but Twisted Metal is going on right now. You're going to have Horizon on Netflix, God of War on Amazon. The new Gran Turismo movie is coming out very soon. So things are moving for them. Last of Us TV show on HBO obviously was well-received and really well-regarded. So I think that they realize it's better for us to just partner with these people who do it already and do it well rather than try to do it ourselves, to your point, right? I think you're absolutely right. Like, why would they try to do that? and compete against Netflix when Netflix was already established as like a thing, you know, it's so odd, but um, yeah, that's a good poll. I, I completely forgot about that show. Completely sure, forgot about it. Sure, most people did. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it's to your point. That's why it's a flop. So yeah. And uh, just to your point really fast about Halo on Xbox, <laughs> such a fucking shame, you know, such a shame. Uh, that TV show is <laughs> just, <sighs> I mean, I watched the whole thing because I love Halo, but my God, like, what have you done to my boy? You know, look what they did to look what they did to Halo, dude. Master Cheeks, Master Chief is having sex in the TV show. What? What is happening? Oh, no way. Is that true? Oh, it's true. You see his ass. You see his ass. Meanwhile, you haven't seen his face in the four games unless you do the legendary ending on Halo 4. That's the first time you see his face. But you'll see his ass in episode four of the fucking TV show. Dear you God. You like that, Matt? You don't like that Master Chief dick? <laughs> no, it's, no, it's so... Uh, I mean, there's things... Cortana in the show was fantastic. 
Brad said, I think a lot of people have said that. That's not like a hot original take. I thought Cortana was handled really well. You know, Halsey was handled really well. Jacob Keys was handled really well. But there is just some stuff that's like, dude, what is going on? Anyway, I digress. Slugger, what about you? What do you think is the biggest flop in PlayStation history? Well, I'm glad you said VR, so I don't have to say that. Oh, thank Christ. Someone else agrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The VR, so the VR is hard, but what I'm going to bring up, I think the VR is falling to the same fate. I'm actually, I'm really surprised the VR 2 got, or I'm surprised the VR got a second one. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised VR 2 even exists because I, don't, I actually don't know if the VR, the original VR was success, successful. They must have saw enough good things to be like, hey, let's improve on this. Yep. Or maybe they thought there's enough momentum here. The first iteration was like held together with duct tape. I mean, half of the VR components were like PS3 uh, accessories. Like the controllers on the original VR were PS3 move wands. And then you had the little like camera, which was a camera that came out way back with the PS3. It's like they took all these accessories they already had in their, I don't know, freaking storage facility somewhere from the ps3 era and they're like what if we uh tie these together with these new fancy vr goggles somehow and they like made it work Mm. so it's kind of cool they made it work but on the flip side and we're seeing it with vr too i feel like they didn't like they push out this new tech and these new ideas and then they don't support it and we have what horizon call the mountain and i think gran turismo 7 yep and uh resident evil Grand village Turismo. but i wouldn't even count that i guess it's I'm not thinking, first, like, it's first, not first party, party. yeah yeah you're right and i don't even know if we can count Gran turismo 7 because that's just taking a flat screen game and turning it into hey i can now turn my head left and right i've heard the experience is amazing i don't want to discount it <laughs> but yeah only launching with horizon as a first party title and nothing else and we've heard of no other like first party titles for the vr2 i think it's gonna flop and I right. think it's going to go the way of the PlayStation Vita, which is where my answer comes in. Now, I don't consider this system a failure. I think this system is dope. Mm. It's like everything I want out of a handheld, but I guess Sony considered it a failure because no one adopted it for like a myri- uh, like a variety of reasons. I think the biggest complaint I see with the Vita is they didn't allow you to use uh, like commercial SD cards. And... You had to use Sony's very expensive, very overpriced memory cards. From the argument I've heard is if you were allowed to use commercial SD cards that you could just go to Walmart and get 100 gigs for five bucks, like you would be able to install hacking software or hacking programs into the SD card and upload it to the system and hack your system and boom, now you have a jailbroke system. That's an argument I've always heard. And you got you guys have never messed with the Vita, right? Or no? I really no, no I, I haven't or the PSP. It's sort of a it's that time period for PlayStation is a major blind spot for me. Okay. Well, so I'm on my second Vita. I'm I'm a big believer in the system. But the memory cards are ridiculous. Um I have a sixty four gigabyte one and I remember like back in the early days of my first Vita, I think I spent like 150 bucks on it. Mm. For 64 gigs now, I, like I said, I could probably go to Walmart and hand them like a $5 bill and still get some change back for that amount of space on a commercial SD card. Sure. Um, 
So that was really expensive. They really stopped supporting it with games somewhere along the way. Like the first two, three, four years of the system were like, maybe not that far. Maybe it was only the first two or three years. I'm kind of spitballing here. The early life cycle of the system was great. There was lots of first party games. You had Uncharted, Killzone, Resistance, Sackboy, pretty much every major first party publisher put something out for the system and then they all just stopped. None of those games got follow-ups. None of those games got sequel. Uncharted on the Vita, I think, was actually like a really freaking dope experience. Because some of these games... Oh, uh, Killzone Mercenary was as well. It was pretty much like a a PS3 to go. And the PS3 had pretty good graphics. Like, playing Killzone now still kind of blows my mind. Like, how did they get this running on this handheld 10 years ago? Sure. Like, handhelds back then were like... What do we have? I think the DS or the 3DS had just come out. Like nothing was close to putting out like PS3 level graphics into a portable system. So it was just kind of wild to see. Yeah. So I would consider it a failure because not so much the system's a failure, but their lack of support and their weird decisions with it, like with the memory cards. I would kill for a Vita 2. When they announced like the Q Lite, that streaming thing, and rumors started to like circulate about that. I was like, oh, fuck yes. Like, here's the Vita 2. It's happening. I can't wait. And then they're like, oh, just kidding. This thing's remote play only. And it's like, why? <laughs> why? Yeah. You're so close. Just just let developers publish first party onto it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, not, yeah, I don't not know. Not publish first party onto it, but publish games onto it. And it's just, I don't know. I... To me, I don't think the handheld era is dead. I think, if anything, like it's probably stronger now. Like you look at phone gaming and the Switch, like, and it's not even so much on the go stuff. Like I use my handheld in the house more than anything else. I think people are just busy. It's like, hey, maybe I want to lay in bed, or maybe I want to binge Netflix while I play my handheld. I watch friggin' my nephew, and this is probably like the next era of generations coming up. Where it's like he has like three screens in front of him at any given time. Yeah, it's you know, wild. He's, he's playing on a switch, and then he's got YouTube on his tablet next to him, and then he's got Netflix on the TV. Now maybe that's just like that's what I see. So I'm assuming every kid's like that. I'm sure it's not that bad, but it's like handhelds are handhelds are in. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the switch, the switch two is going to be you know handheld capable. We have the Steam Deck. We've got. I'm forgetting the specific like acronyms and stuff now, but I know there's other companies playing in that space, the ARG or something like that, right? There's another one I've I've heard discussed. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's it's totally there. I just wonder if there's a reluctance on and it, this is what I get back to with the whole question of the flop with the VR. That money could have gone to a handheld. I think right? they made the wrong choice. Yeah. I think they made they hedged the wrong bet. And I also think part of it was maybe they felt scared to compete against Nintendo in that space. I don't know if that's true. I can't say if that's true for sure, but like maybe, right? Like, um, but regardless of why, Nintendo basically owns it now as far as consoles go, right? You have these like different PC handheld units, but in terms of the console space, yeah, I mean, Nintendo is it. Nintendo handheld consoles, that's, that's pretty much it. And, you know, they've really always done historically well there i think that might be part of the problem too is you're fighting you know 25 30 years of tradition for people thinking about handhelds and thinking about nintendo dating all the way back to the game boy pocket so yeah 
Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, it's interesting though. I would have. I yeah. I, I feel like they would. It may. I think you're right. I think they're probably worried about competing against the Switch, but I think that's where they would have the wrong mindset. It would mm-hmm. be like, hey, we're not competing against the Switch. This is just like a great accessory to have for our PS4, PS5 owners. Right. And maybe that's what they're thinking with the Q Light, but like, I don't know. I a dream of like a a handheld console. Sony just announced their streaming cloud gaming or like one of the future updates. They're going to be able to stream PS5 games at 4K and like their early beta beta testers are saying like it's actually working pretty well. I guess they went and upgraded their whole system of like cloud streaming technology. I don't know. That's all way above my head. But apparently Mm. like with this new update that's going to roll out soon, it'll let us stream PS5 games. And it's like having that on a handheld would be amazing having ps4 quality uh like quality games on a handheld would be amazing because i'm sure like you said the steam deck's doing that if not more right um i don't know i agree with you they had the wrong bet fucker scrap the vr2 give us vita 2 bring me back to vita island baby i'm still playing mine yeah iron trophies on the vita a couple days ago so many people are still playing it you know i i just Gosh, I'm sure, like, I'd be really curious to see the numbers between, like, hey, let's look at concurrent, like, average daily users for PSVR 2, and let's do the same thing for PlayStation Vita. I you bet know? there's more Vita players. Oh, 100%. Like, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, and granted, part of that is the PSVR 2 is a $500 piece of equipment, but let's go ahead and roll it back and compare PSVR 1 to, P- to PS Vita or whatever, right? I just still think it's, like, yeah, it's, yeah, very interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. Anything, Daryl, you want to add before we move on to the next question? Nah, man. I think I'm good. It's uh, some interesting takes on this question for sure. Definitely. Go look up Powers. Can you watch it on YouTube or anything? Is that show, like, is just gone permanently? Can you still find it anywhere? Do you know? I think you can find it on YouTube. I think the first episode's up there. I don't know about the entire season. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, regardless, check it out. (laughs) And thank you, King K, for the question, sir. All right, final question of the show from Patreon comes to us from Buff Cupcake. He's super buff. He's been doing leg day as well. He says, hey, fellas, as always, thanks for doing what you do with the podcast. It's fantastic to listen to. Thank you. My question is about some recent news about the PlayStation Stars program. According to a few news sites, it is looking more and more likely that the PlayStation Stars program will get integrated into our consoles soon. If you guys were given full control over the Stars program on our consoles, what kind of changes, additions, or improvements would you make okay so playstation stars centric right now we talked about it when the service first launched i think we did a check-in a couple months after that where we were like hey the quests are getting a little better some of the offerings in terms of your point redeeming choices are a little bit better you know they haven't changed interestingly enough that whole you know the point value i think it's 1250 or something for a five dollar gift card and 2500 points for a 20 dollar i can't remember exactly but it's like that point value hasn't changed for those redeeming pieces. So, yeah, sort of gut check PSVR 2, or sorry, PS, PSVR 2, PlayStation Stars. What would you guys do to change it on console? And how would you want to tackle it? Daryl, we'll go to you first because I feel like putting you on the spot. Do you have any thoughts on PlayStation Stars? Um, so, I think one way to kind of bolster like some engagement with the the uh, loyalties program i guess is to make the progression a little bit more rewarding 
And what I mean by that is there's four different levels. They all offer different milestones and benefits, but the benefits don't really, there's really no incentive for you to progress all the way to level four. So benefits that you get from progressing through each level, you get different collectibles uh, just from like completing level one and then going to level two, or you get like a, it's just a bunch of collectibles that they're offering you. And then once you finally get to level four, if you even get to level four, because first you have to buy like the four full games and then earn like a certain number of trophies, uncommon trophies, the, the benefits there just really, they don't do it. So you get more collectibles, uh, so you get cat priority routing mm. and that just seemed like a very strange benefit. Like when they first announced this a while back, like chat support, like, is that something I really want to go for? If I really <laughs> want to like, go through yeah. like level f- one through four, like it just seems like a very odd thing to add. Like here, here is our loyalty program. If you get all the way to level four, you get dibs on chat support. Like, yeah, it's almost like they're saying yeah. like there will be problems, but you'll get helped first. You know, it's yeah. like I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> how, how often are people talking to chat though? <laughs> oh God! Like now, I've not used PlayStation or Sony support once since I got my PS4. People just like lonely and reaching out to them. Yeah, maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe. ASL. <laughs> right i yeah I, it's, ah, it's weird it didn't make any sense then and still doesn't make any sense now so i would definitely change that part of it try to drive uh user engagement with this so i think the first thing we'll do is just get rid of chat support i think that's just a terrible thing to offer players or users if you're like seeking to get or make your way to level four I would add something different. I just don't know entirely what that could be. I think the one thing that could maybe bolster engagement here is to um, offer points. So I think that would be like the simplest thing to do. It's just like offer points. If you get from level one to level two, you get points. Two to three, you get a little bit more. And then three to four, you know, a little bit more points than uh, you can imagine, I guess. So right. I think offering points is probably the simplest thing you can do. Um, you could probably have like a collectible store or something like that where they can use those points. I think there's a lot of campaigns. So there's a lot of those campaigns are offering collectibles. A lot of them are like limited time only, I believe. Um, that's kind of like my second point. I think the one of the things I would do is make some of those campaigns permanent. Right. So... I I actually found out about this uh, yesterday. So Dead Space, the remake, had a campaign. And I think this is pretty cool. I think this is pretty nifty with a lot of the campaigns they're doing. They have, like, these challenge-specific uh, campaigns. And one of them is the Hard Game Club, where you have yep. to beat these games on, like, the hardest difficulty, get the hardest trophy. And Dead Space Remake had one of those. But that was back in June. Mm. in august now i missed out on that so if i were to play dead space remake i would love to have the chance to get that um that collectible it was only a time limited event so i don't think there's a way for me to get that so i would make some of those campaigns 
permanent. So whenever you fire up a game that did have a campaign that's no longer around, you know, just firing up that game alone will uh, start that campaign for you. It was pretty cool because I, I was pretty sad, dude, that the uh, Dead Space remake, um, that campaign is no longer available. And I, I really did like that collectible. I'll say, oh, this would be cool to add to my display case, but mm. it's not around no more, so I don't have the chance to get it. So get rid of chat support, maybe offering some coins just to drive some engagement and just make some of those campaigns permanent. I think I'll kind of uh, help spice things up a little bit. Yeah, those are they're great calls. The hard game club for this time period looks like it's Wolong Fallen Dynasty. So, right. uh, yeah, that's cool. I, I had noticed they were doing that as well. And there, there seems to be, you know, so, and then in August, it's also Cuphead. So, it would, you know, Wolong has got 25 days left, and then Cuphead has 55 days left. Let us see here. Uh... Yeah, interesting. I'm just looking at the campaigns right now. There, there's some cool stuff. They, they've certainly done more with it, but you're right. Like, I think the collectibles being the only thing you can earn from it is a little bit whack. You know, ideally you'd be able to earn themes, but oh wait, they got rid of themes with PS5, so you know, sucks to suck. So yeah, it's really they put themselves in this kind of odd scenario where there is some cool stuff they could do with the program, but they're really not utilizing it to the best of its ability and i don't really feel very engaged with the system personally like the only time i feel engaged with the system is when i happen to buy a game on the playstation network and i get a bunch of points and i'm like hey i can redeem it for five bucks right which is cool and i've done that probably four or five times so i have gotten some money back from it and it's better than nothing don't get me wrong and some of the collectibles are cool don't get me wrong but it could be much more than that so yeah, Slugger, what did you have for this one? What would you do to upgrade this when it comes to console? I've said this before. I think a display case would be really cool or maybe have a separate tab that's similar to our trophies list um, where it's like, hey, here's all this person's like collectibles. Because even though like the display case is great, it's kind of like on the phone. Um, or on the phone, you can only see, I think, the the top three that people choose to put on their profiles. Like, yes. let us just look at people's collectibles, like a, like a whole almost separate trophy meta game. Like, let me go back and see five years ago that Daryl did the hard game of the month and got the dead space collectible. And I'd be like, Oh shit. Like that's a dope collectible. I wish I had that, but I missed out. Like, I think it'd be cool to see like a whole history of these campaigns on people's profiles. So maybe almost a full list, um, along with the display case, I think more ways to earn points, like Daryl said, if you go on Xbox, it seems like every like four button presses, I'm earning points. I don't even know what I did. They're like, hey, thanks for turning on your system. You get 10 points today. And I'm like, cool. I didn't even do anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, like they reward you for anything and everything on the Microsoft side. And you can redeem that for all sorts of stuff, which would like games, gift cards, systems, like really anything you want they have a whole the merch shop so, yeah, yeah. riot points now because they got you know they're linked with riot in some degree you can get that stuff going on yeah it's some some cool shit yeah so uh, i guess an overhauled reward store would be my third thing so where am i at display case on the collectibles an overall like page like a playstation stars page or app where i can see all the campaigns on the system mm -hmm. maybe i get notifications when i complete challenges um Something similar to Game Pass, 
if you don't have an xbox uh, uh go to like youtube and search like game pass rewards ui or something i'm sure you can find pictures uh it's actually pretty neat yep and oh the last thing i just i just want it to work so i'm looking at my campaigns right now as we're talking about it and i look at like the august check-in campaign and i'm auto registered that's another fix i would want just auto register us for everything why do why do i have to what's click the, a yeah, button what, what's to, the downside <laughs> you know yeah. like to just having me start either them or each of them when they come out i don't know yeah so Weird. auto re- like there should be no registration for campaigns it should just be like these campaigns are active if you mm-hmm. accidentally beat it and you didn't know you were participating cool congratulations but um I'm regi- auto-registered for this August campaign where all you have to do is play any game on your PS4 or PS5 for this collectible. Is it the mouse? Guess who hasn't earned it? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I haven't earned that either. I just played Quake right before we it. hopped on somehow. I have played every single day since August 1st, and it's August 21st, and I haven't, like, that campaign hasn't completed. I don't know how to get it to, like, I don't get it. off. Yeah, and it's an <laughs> ultra-rare collectible according to their, like, system so i'm like well maybe it's not working for a lot of people yeah. like i don't no know ar- i don't know no one's earning it yeah yeah it's weird i do like that i will say real quick just to interject i like how their collectibles are different rarities so there's like uncommon common legendary or uh rare and then like, i haven't seen a legendary actually but i'm sure they exist and uh yeah so that part is cool i would keep that yeah so that's kind of it i could go on a spiel with like lots of stuff but I don't want yeah. to take up your time or anything you have to add to it. Well, I think you guys covered pretty much everything I wanted to say pretty well. I would just real quick shout out. There are a couple quick campaigns to earn points, but they're like laughably small amounts, right? So you'll get 50 points, so 50 cents equivalent of what you would spend on the PSN if you play PGA Tour, 2K23, Dreams, or Death Store, any of the PS Plus monthly games. So you play them, you get 50 points. You also can get 50 points by playing some multiplayer games, which are not included, which are Dead Island 2, Hot Wheels Unleashed, and Rocket League. So it's possible to like really slowly accumulate some of these things, but there's not enough options, and the point reward is kind of laughable. Like There are daily quests on Game Pass that are worth 10 points, 3 points, whatever, but there are monthly quests that are worth 500 points, right? So it's kind of like you need to, you need to balance that out, I think. And, uh, yeah, the biggest thing that I would say that you guys didn't mention, and I'm surprised no one has brought it up, I recently have been getting Target gift cards from work. And so I am buying my games physically through Target because I don't have to pay my money for them, right, for Final Fantasy 16 and Assassin's Creed Mirage. Now, when I put those game discs in and play them, I'm not going to earn PlayStation Stars points for those mm-hmm. games. And I know that this is the case on Nintendo. When you buy a game physically, you still get the coin reward for when you put in the game. So I would love them to add that feature where I still get the equivalent points if I put in the game on my PlayStation console. I know that might be hard because you could borrow a game from someone. So how do you know who purchased I don't. I don't exactly know. That's not for me to figure out. That's for PlayStation to figure out. But I think you should get some sort of reward still, even if you buy the game physically. Because right now, it's almost like disadvantageous to do that. You're not getting that credit built up. So I'm missing out on 700 points from Final Fantasy 16. I'm missing out on 500 points from AC Mirage. That's a $5 gift card right there that I'm not going to get because I chose to get these games physically versus through the store on PSN. So that's, I think, one major area I would like them to take a look at and overhaul. And then, yeah, I you know, bring themes back and then give us themes as a reward. That's it's easy peasy it's easy fix i agree with uh 
with everything else you guys have said, though. So, yeah, good stuff. Buff Cupcake, thank you very much for the question, sir. Anything you guys want to add before we move on? Nope. Okay. Very good. Well, I hear we are skipping the roundup tonight, partner, because we don't have any new news since we last reported. So we're going to be jumping... Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> you get an inspiration for RP right there? Well done. <laughs> so when I was playing D&D this last weekend, if you acted in a way that was very like role play moment, like you really got into your character, our DM gave us like inspiration, which is like you can roll 2d20 instead of 1 for one of the checks that you do. So, yeah, you get some more, you get some inspiration for that right there, I think. That was, uh, that was a good moment there, Slugger. Well done. All right, so let's get into what we have been playing. There is a smattering of games on this list. So I believe that the last time we did one of these episodes, I actually went first in a weird sort of move. I usually don't do that, but this time, Daryl or Slugger, do you have a preference for who goes first? Daryl, I don't see your notes on here. I know you got them handwritten. So what, what do you think? What would you prefer? You guys, you guys have a strong feeling one way or the other? I don't mind what we do, personally. All right. Well, Slugger, let's hear <clears> from you. Because I'm, I'm curious about some of the stuff you have on there. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, let's start with the banger that we've already kind of covered in depth, but I'm still chipping away at Final Fantasy 16. I Based off the trophy count, I believe I'm roughly three quarters of the way through the game. Me and Max covered this pretty... I don't want to say in-depth because it wasn't a spoiler cast, but we covered this pretty heavily heavily on Max's episode. So if you're curious to hear more of my thoughts outside of what I'm about to say, uh, go check that episode out. But let's see. I'm I'm still loving it. This game had, like, the music is great. The visuals are great. The scale of everything uh, really adds to, like, how enormous these icon battles can be. The for people who don't know, the icons are like your summons in a typical Final Fantasy game. But in this game, instead of like summoning these creatures, you and other characters in the world are turning into these creatures and controlling them almost like, uh, I don't know, like Power Rangers or something. And um, yeah, the the boss fights in these fights where you transform into these icons are just like so freaking epic. I I don't think there's any other like good word to describe how like massive these fights are. Like they're long fights. There's like <laughs> I did a fight last night. I don't want to spoil it, but there was like three stages to it. And by the end of it, I had to pause the game and I immediately jumped onto Discord and I hit up Maximum Carnage and I'm shooting him DMs and I'm like, what the fuck is happening in this fight? Like this is so crazy. He's like, dude, I know, just like wait until the next fight. And I'm like, oh my God, like there's more? They get bigger than this? Cause this is uh about as big as I could see these fights getting. Oh, I thought you were gonna He's say like, as oh, big no. as I could handle. And I was ready to do a that's what she said moment, but <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah. Um, son of a bitch. Yeah, the the fights are fun, they're epic, they're crazy. Um, and I'm I'm really excited that I'm only three quarters of the way through because what I just did last night if the game ended there, I would have been like, boom, that like, that's a game ending fight right there, but it wasn't, there's more. So I don't want to sing his praises too highly because there are some things that are starting to annoy me. I know that's going to kind of switching sides now, 
um, the flow of the game is getting very predictable and it's following the same formula through the whole game. So you'll have like a slow moment or slow like story based quest for like one to two hours where it's like, oh, we have to go help this town and you go to help this town and they're like, oh, please, I need someone to like deliver this bread to the soldiers. And you're like, really? Like, the world just, is ending. You need me to deliver the world's bread? ending. <laughs> yeah. I just fought a fight that destroyed half the world, and you want me to like go deliver bread to the soldiers? Like, and you do that for like an hour or two in between the big set pieces almost every time. So it's like build up, build up, build up, epic fight. All right, now do some like mindless, menial task for the people of this village. Build up, build up, build up, epic fight. All right, now you gotta go do uh you gotta go pick up some dirt so you can like farm some grapes in your hideout. Build up, build up, build up. And it's so predictable that almost sounds like a spoiler. <laughs> like, um <laughs> that's kind of the flow of, of the game. And I don't know if it's like I don't wanna call it time wasting because sometimes there is some good like story building, but it's I don't think it's very interesting story building. It's like cool maybe if you're a lore nerd you would i'm like... probably gonna fucking love it yeah but for me i'm like can i just get to the next like boss fight please like i don't want to i don't want to spend an hour and a half chasing down kids who stole a caravan pass from my friend like it's a so yeah really really great game how I'm many how many it. hours in are you did i miss that when you said that i'm sorry I don't have it off the top of my head. I want to say like 30, 30 to 35. Okay. Yeah. And I'm I'm doing just about everything now. And maybe that's why I'm sitting here like, oh, the pacing's weird. Because every time a new side quest pops up or a bounty board monster I have to go hunt pops up, like I'm going to do these things as they're populating. Sure. Um, well, you yeah, but you won't have to do that on your second playthrough then, right? So that kind of helps. Correct. Yeah. So overall, on a big scale, I, I really love the game. I'm enjoying it. I, I think it's a like must play. It's a must play if you're a Final Fantasy fan. It's a must play if you're an action fan. It's a must play if you're a fan of like a good story with like big consequences. Overall, I think, yeah, overall, it's a, I would say it's a must play game of 2023 so far. The PS5 um, exclusive too, which is not something we have a lot of. When you really think true. about it, yeah. like... What do we have of consequence right now? We've got Ratchet, Rift Apart. You've got Returnal, Demon Souls Remake, and this. Am I missing something mm. that isn't on both consoles? Uh, Dead Space Remake, right? Is not PS4. Is that correct? I'm not sure. I'm. I think there's definitely more, but I can't like. I don't have a good list off the top of my head. I mean, I guess of consequence, right? If there was more, you probably yeah. would, you'd remember them. So that's pretty crazy considering Demon Souls was there at launch, Returnal was there shortly after launch, and same with Ratchet. So yeah, I think in just in that sense alone, it's probably worth people picking up. If you're like, where are the PS5 like exclusives? Like this is one. You know, you should grab it. You should you should definitely look at it. Yeah, that that was partly why I took the plunge on it. And it's kind of showing like during these these icon fights, like they're really flexing like I guess what they can pull off with the graphics, I think like the fights, not only are they like 
they're not very hard or challenging. They're almost like I don't want to call them interactive cutscenes, but like they're just I said it, I'm gonna say it again. They're just epic. Like they're super cinematic, they're super epic. There is a few like QTE moments through the fights, but like yeah, I don't know. There it's such a blast to play. I can't wait for you to play it. I really wanna like do a whole episode on it. Some type of spoiler cast or and throw yeah. that on YouTube or wherever we publish it. But I think we we will do something for that. I just well, I'll get to what I'm playing in a little bit here, but it is my next big game that I want to do. I just have to overcome a glitch and a sm- <laughs> and a small hurdle before I get there. But anyway, okay. yeah. I will say, I guess to end my my Final Fantasy spiel, I'm kind of dreading that I have to play through the game twice for Platinum, just because some of these fights are so long-winded and there are these dry moments in between like the fun stuff. I'm sitting here like, man, I really don't... I don't want to do this again. Like, I, right. Like, I just, I want to, I want to finish it and I want to let it simmer and I want to read discussion posts and listen to spoiler casts. And I, like, I don't know if I want to dive back into a story focused game like this. Like, to me, this isn't a game like worthy of a new game plus mode. Right. Yeah. Like, I, that's more for like Resident Evil that I can beat in eight hours. It's does, not a game that takes 40 or 50 hours to beat. Does it change mechanics? in New Game Plus. And what I guess I mean by that is, I know that Final Fantasy VII Remake also has a requirement to play the game on hard or whatever, or class. I can't remember what the nomenclature is, but you can't do it on your first playthrough. You have to do two playthroughs. The difference being that in the second playthrough, you can't use items. So that drastically actually is a different gameplay experience, right? You are fundamentally playing the game in a much different way than you would be on your first go-round. Is that the case? to your knowledge, for FF16, or is it just more HP points, more damage? So in my, in my research, it's more HP points, more damage. Yeah, boss, they were saying, like, the fight I did last night, which I thought took me a long time, it took me, like, 20 or 30 minutes to beat this boss, and it wasn't because I was struggling, that's just how long the boss fight is. People are like, oh, yeah, in the Final Fantasy mode, that takes, like, an hour 15 minutes. Mm. And it's just like, holy shit. Um... But there's no like limitation to items. You can actually so their accessibility options in the game are through items, which is a cool mechanic. Hmm. But they don't uh, prohibit you from using them in Final Fantasy mode. So like at the very start of the game, there's like rings and amulets you can put on, and like one of the rings is like auto dodge. You can auto dodge everything. You'll essentially never get hit if you're wearing this ring. Oh, that's fantastic. And then there's like auto combos, and you just hold the square button. And your dude will just throw up auto combos. Like, it's it's cool in a way because they're accessibility things, but they put them in as items, and they don't, like I said, they don't restrict you from using these in Final Fantasy mode. So you, you can essentially break Final Fantasy mode and just equip all these from the get go and just like go through as a god and never get touched. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty. That's badass. why. That's why you see the rarity so common right now. Like it's a twenty one point six seven percent. I think I'm more shocked that it's that high based off how long it is. I'm like, how do people do two playthroughs of this already? I maybe just, it's because I'm yeah. juggling everything else. but Well, I think yeah. there's also maybe like a sense of urgency for people to get through it because of what's coming up. I, I, yeah. I, I believe that. And it's also summer. We have to understand this game released during when, a time when most people in college and high school have three months of nothing to do and no responsibilities. So... Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Had this yeah. had this game come out in October, it would not have seen the same jump 
I don't think. Which is what makes fucking Elden Ring just so incredible because that was during school. Right? That was during like it was February or whatever, March. You know, it's like what? How's this at twenty percent already? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's incredible. So yeah, I'm really excited to play it. Very much looking forward to it. Two playthroughs cool. though, I don't know. I mean Final Fantasy fifteen you only had to do one to its credit. Final Fantasy thirteen, only one playthrough as well. So Final Fantasy games just it's something about long games. I have the same complaint about Horizon and God of War and all these other like long open world games. It's like these games aren't deserving of to me a new game plus is like I said, Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Or something short where it's like a base run takes eight hours and then everything else after that it's like speed runs or certain challenges, like no healing. Right. Like that's worthy of like new game plus, new game plus plus, new game plus plus plus. Like the, the thing is, it's, through it. it's not even like those trophies in those games are for the New Game Plus itself. They're for the challenge. It just so happens to be easier in New Game Plus. So yeah. it's even less e- it's even less egregious, you know, whereas like something like, I don't know, like, like yeah, like Horizons, like, and it's a DLC trophy, but like, you know, beat the game, New Game Plus, or Days Gone. Like, are you fucking kidding me? This is a 70-hour game. You want me to do this for yeah. a bronze? Come on now. Like, how many times do we have to talk about this on the show? before we get people on board. This is a crazy idea. And the more we do it as trophy hunters, the more we do it and get that 100%, the more those companies see, hey, people are coming back to our games, the more it's going to be there. Guaranteed. When it I was do- going to say, they, yeah. when they see the engagement sticking around, that's all they care about. That's like, all they care about. Cool, the engagement, the engagement is, you know, X amount of months longer because we added this trophy. <laughs> exactly. And hey, if we release it two months after the game comes out, we get a surge of people that come back to it. That's pretty cool, right? And then we can try to yep. sell them this thing or whatever, a season pass or who the fuck knows. You know, I, I didn't mind it as much in something like Miles Morales because that game was eight hours, right? Even though it yeah. really added fundamentally nothing to that game. <laughs> so I think if you're going to do it, there needs to be a gameplay mechanic. I find it way less egregious in FF7 Remake because of that added modifier to the gameplay. So that is would, that is something with FF16 where I'm like, mm, I'm not looking forward to that either. I think the way I'm going to get around it is during the cleanup of the second playthrough, alternating between that and other shorter stuff. So that yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. Is like, hey, do a chapter of this maybe every other day or two, and right. then play other stuff in between. Right. Cool. I'll move on though because I don't want to eat up a lot of time. Sure. Um, Next thing I'm playing, Overcooked All-You-Can-Eat Edition. This was given away on PlayStation Plus a few months back. I don't remember exactly what month, but Overcooked is... uh, Well, this edition has Overcooked 1, Overcooked 2, all the DLC for Overcooked 1, all the DLC for Overcooked 2, and they added, I think, extra like special worlds and, I guess, extra... DLC that never got released or extra levels that are kind of new to this version of the game. I really wanted to highlight this. I'm not done with it, but I wanted to highlight it because me and my wife have been playing it through this together. I think this is hands down one of the best like co-op games you could play or like couch co-op games you could play on PlayStation or really any of the systems that this game's on. Um, mm. My wife and I got the hundred percent overcooked way back in the day when that first launched that was a very challenging list you had to get three stars on every level and you have to be like damn near perfect overcooked two i think we started but then we stopped and then this 
uh, I was going through my backlog trying to find something we could play together that also worked for Pat's A to Z challenge. And I saw Overcooked, the All You Can Eat edition. I'm like, oh, dope. This will count as my letter O. It's an easier trophy list. And it has all of the, you know, the game one, game two, and all the extra content. We never played any of the extra content. So let's check this out. For those who don't know, like I said, it's a co-op game. So you and up to three other players, you can go up to four players. You can play it solo, two players, three players, whatever that mix of people is. All work together to fulfill orders, um, like cooking food and fulfilling orders. But these levels are like absolutely insane and zany. Some levels you're cooking meals on a hot air balloon where the center flame of the hot air balloon is shooting fire around the stage and now fire is blocking your path and you have to put it out with a fire extinguisher. Other levels, one of them or a couple of them take place in like a haunted mansion. And to get from like one end of the kitchen to the other, you have to go through portals. Some levels take place in space and one player has to control uh, like a little lunar pod that goes, I'm not explaining this well. <laughs> think, think of a spaceship and think of one section of the spaceship that can be controlled by a player. And in that section of the spaceship are like certain ingredients or the chopping boards to chop food or, or like the pans to cook things in. So one person's controlling that thing while the other person's like scrambling around trying to fulfill orders and cook meals. And I don't know, there's, there's so many different like zany levels and it's very fun, but it's very challenging. It takes a lot of communication. Me and my wife know like we need to be done playing for the night when we stop talking to each other. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll start off really strong in the night. We get to a level. As soon as the, the level starts, we pause the game and we like get a layout of the kitchen and we're like, all right, ingredients are up there on the top side and uh, the burners are down on the bottom of the kitchen and on the left side of the chopping boards, but oh shit, there's a bridge there to get to the chopping boards. I bet that bridge probably disappears at some point and most of the time we're right. So we're going to have to like figure out how to like throw stuff back and forth across the bridge that disappears. I don't know. We set up this whole plan mm -hmm. and then we unpause the game and we just like, we go. And I'm sitting there like, all right, babe, I got the pizza dough. You got the, you're chopping tomatoes for the sauce. All right, cool. I'm chopping the cheese. Oh, you got the lettuce. All right, cool. Like, and the second you stop talking, like you completely screw yourselves over. Like you need to be talking the whole time if you want to do good in this game. Yep. Have you guys ever played this? I've only played the first Gems. game with my wife. Have you played it, Daryl? Yeah, I've played it on the Switch with my wife and her family. It gets crazy, man. <laughs> it does. I couldn't imagine doing this with more than two players. I think two players is kind of the sweet spot. I think if you get four, I could see it being just insane because everyone would be yelling over each other but <laughs> i'm gonna knock my wife a little bit right now um uh -oh. she has bad Let's she go. has bad eyes and wears she wears glasses but she doesn't wear them when we're playing games i keep telling her she needs to like like hey you need to fix your eyes while we're playing this because she'll be running around holding a chicken like a piece of chicken she's like what do i do with this egg and i'm like that's chicken you're holding <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. Happens. Oh no. This happens all the time. 
And um Well no wonder you're having trouble with it takes two, dude. <laughs> Fucking A, bro. No, <laughs> no, I know I'm just saying oh, it, yeah, takes it takes two before two, yeah. yeah, she's not wearing her glasses, like come on. <laughs> but it's really funny is like when we stop talking, she'll just shut down and she'll just be like, I I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, all right, babe. I'm cooking like these three pizzas over here. I just need you to mix that egg and the dough over there. Like right. I got these three things. You just handle that one thing for me and we'll be just fine. <laughs> right. All you got to do is these two stations here, right? You walk up, you press X, yeah. you move over, you press X again. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I need you to do. Oh, that's hilarious. But, but yeah, it's, it's a ton of fun. Um, I'm having a blast with her. I think we're both having fun together, but like I said, I can't stress enough. You need to communicate. This is a great team building game to learn how to like communicate effectively with your partner. It may also destroy your marriage. So good luck. Um, do you guys have anything else to add on overcooked from your experience? I know you kind of just hit on it, but before I move on, let's see. <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. Daryl, did you fight with your wife as well when you played this one? No, I, I've usually been like the, the red Robin. I've kind of just like always, told people like what to do but always like had the worst intentions in mind like hey you have a plate and it needs to go there in that little depository but that was the trash can (laughs) 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 you're just like hey uh (laughs) just trolling dude it was so funny oh my goodness no i don't really have much other than the version i played i think was just like the first game, base game, or whatever, the, re- the trophy requirements were such that I had to get five stars on every level. And yeah. we got through mm-hmm. probably a solid 80% with all the stars. And then we got to towards the end of the game, we just like couldn't do it. So we got frustrated and we stopped. But I did yeah. really enjoy my time with it up to that point. I thought it was quite fun. That I'm glad you mentioned that. I will say, if, if you want to check this game out, skip one and two. Like those are the older versions. Don't even bother. Just play Overcooked All You Can Eat. The trophy list is easier, um, way less stressful. You don't have to three star anything. You really just have to kind of complete the two main games and go through some of the side content. I don't even think the trophy list requires you to complete all the side content. We're gonna do it just because it's it's there and it's included. And yeah, there's a bunch of new foot, uh, new food and new locations and new things to check out. So we'll probably play through it, but. Yeah, the all-you-can-eat edition is much, much easier than 1 and 2. Because 1 and 2, in their own list, you need to, like, max star everything. You need to be perfect. So this game, you can play with a lot less stress. Um, like, we're one-starring a lot of stages, and we're like, cool, one-starred it, moved on. Nice. Like, oh, thank God. Let's keep going. Yeah, that three-star was a real, real pain in the ass. But cool. Yeah. That's I'm glad to know that this version is easier and that it exists for people to try. So very good. Yeah. Highly recommend it. All right. Next up, and just about last but not least, but Tales of Iron. I got the platinum in this and the 100%. Nice job. Uh, Congratulations. And I'll talk about the big difference there here in a bit. So to just get the platinum in this game. All right. What this game is. Let me start there. Jumping around. You play as a rat who takes over the throne of the rat kingdom. And you're kingdom is attacked by the frog kingdom and the frog kingdom just come in and they slaughter your castle and they slaughter your people and i call him king uh i call the main character king ratus i think that was his father's name but i like his name for that better 
he's actually goes by Reginald, I believe. Uh, but you play as Reginald, the rat, and he is trying to rebuild his kingdom, uh, inspire his people to go back and kick down the frog kingdom's doors and kill their leader. And I don't really know what I would call this because I kind of want to say it's a Metroidvania. I kind of want to say it's Souls-like, but it it takes inspiration from though, uh, like from those genres, but they're not. The game doesn't really play like those games. Like combat's very punishing, like a Souls-like, but there's no Souls-like like leveling system where you're going back and resting at bonfires or leveling up or anything like that. Okay. Uh, I would say it takes inspiration from a Metroidvania where it's a 2D platformer. The maps kind of remind me of like what a Metroidvania would look like. Some areas do become accessible after certain items, but it's, it happens so infrequently. I think there's really only one item in the game that gives you access to other areas you couldn't go to before. So it doesn't happen frequent enough for me to be like, yeah, this is a Metroidvania. So I guess I would just call it like a, like a very combat heavy action platformer, a very challenging one at that. If all you care about is the platinum, it's actually a pretty easy platinum because you can play on the easiest difficulty. If you want the hundred percent, you have to beat the game on the hardest mode. So what I ended up doing was my platinum run and 100% do everything run. I played on normal which was a tier below the hardest difficulty. So it goes easy, medium, hard. I played on that medium normal range from my first playthrough, got used to the game, got used to the mechanics, kind of learned the combat system, beat the game there, no problem. I felt pretty comfortable with where I was at. And then I went into bloody whiskers mode and I got my face kicked in. <laughs> I, God, I wish, I wish there were stats for this game because... Bloody Whiskers mode, the hardest difficulty, was very, very punishing. You could maybe only take two to three hits from a boss before you were, like, dead and had to, you know, retry. So you had to be damn near, like, perfect in these fights. Um, was there, like, an Estus system, like, in Souls? Or, like, could you heal if you took damage? So or what's the deal with that? You had a health bottle, but you you had to hold the L1 button to slowly it was kind of like healing over time it wasn't like oh hit l1 and your health's gonna magically snap back Mm. to full health like however long you held the button was how much the bar filled and it filled very slowly i would say it took about did you have to stand still when you did it you could walk around Uh, so dark souls 2 action remember we talked about this the other night (laughs) the the different essences in the games yes yeah but it's it's 2d and even though you can walk (laughs) around you're very very you could maybe trick the ai sometimes into like slowly walking towards you while you're slowly backpedaling away from them healing but you really weren't safe at all when you're healing you had to like really know the boss mechanics for each boss to know when a safe time to heal was uh so most of the time when it was safe to attack you would just have to trade off that attack for a healing spot um mm. yeah but even with i guess the flash to heal heal yourself you only got one full uh like health bar refresh and it normally took about two to three hits to die so i guess i spoke wrong a little bit you maybe had five to six hits before you died if you were able to squeak a heal in um yeah i see what you did there yeah (laughs) oh i didn't mean to do that on purpose (laughs) 
um some of these i would actually say most of bloody whiskers wasn't too bad and i felt pretty comfortable through it there was a boss an optional boss somewhere in the middle that i didn't have to do but i wanted to beat him because he drops the strongest weapon in the game and i was like if i'm going to survive for the second half of the game i want to beat this dude he gave me a lot of trouble i spent about 45 minutes on him and then the last string of bosses there at the end i would say the last two to three bosses were pretty tough and the last boss in general i spent um or the last final boss i spent a good three hours on and it was just kind of like relearning his mechanics i ended up watching a youtube video and watching the youtube video actually helped a lot but um what i didn't mention is what happens in this hard mode is bosses take more damage which is fine that's typical hard mode stuff you do less damage that's fine and here's the kicker that i think is different and makes it way harder is the bosses are moving at like almost double the speed that they moved in the normal mode so your reaction time needs to be really good and you need to know their tells and their mechanics like almost to a T to be able to react to them because if you don't have it memorized, you're just going to get your face kicked in left and right um, because you need that very fast reflexes and um, very fast like button inputs. Mm. Uh, Shit. Yeah, where else do I want to go with this? Like I said, the hard mode is a DLC trophy. It wasn't required. I really just wanted to... The- wanted to do the 100%. Uh, I'm going to shout him out. Skrill's got the plat in this, and he's like, bloody whiskers too hard. I'm not even going to try. So when I got the plat in this game, I'm like, fuck that. I can do this. I'm going to rub this in Skrill's face. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> putting him on blast, dude. You're putting our guy on blast like that. Oh, man. So I wasn't actually, con- like, I wasn't sure about trying this, but I was like, you know what? I'll just try it for a night and see how I do. And I went like three bosses in that night. And I was like, I can do this. This is doable. I can I can make it through. But yeah, I I really liked it. I thought it was good. I think it's worth checking out, at least for a platinum. It's Daryl for you. It's one of those nice well shit. I don't know if it's an extra game or if it came to PS Plus. I it think did it, was... it did come to PS Plus, although I do not think I claimed it. So Yeah. Um I forgot to mention the combat is very similar to like Arkham games, which helps quite a bit with like maneuvering or like getting through fights in this. So if you can remember playing Batman games, you kind of get the little prompts above enemy heads to let you know what type of attack they're going to do. So if the enemy is going to throw an attack that you can't counter, you can only like either you can only dodge or roll through it's like three little like red lightning bolts will pop up above the enemy's heads and that means oh i need to roll away from this or roll through the enemy there is some iframes in here that kind of reminds reminds me of souls but i guess iframes are getting more common if two little red circles pop up over an enemy's head that means it's like an aoe attack and you need to get as far away from the enemy as possible if there's three white lightning bolts above the enemy's head they're shooting a range attack at you and you can block it like you just gotta hold hold up your shield and block the range attack and then if there's three yellow lightning bolts above the enemy's head you can counter it so once you kind of have all that memorized and then you have the bosses like tells memorized it's kind of it's really not too challenging like it's tough it's i don't want to like discredit it it's it's hard but it's doable it just takes you know practice and memorization 
And yeah, really, I think the only thing I didn't like about the game was there's a lot of backtracking and you can only fast travel from these bulletin boards that are in the cities. So there's times I'm going like deep into the sewers or deep into the mines for a side quest and I get all the way to the bottom of the mines, complete the side quest and it's like, well, shit, now I got to run back all the way, you know, run all the way out. And that's kind of not like a homeward bone equivalent or like a teleport. Nope, there's really no items in the game outside of, like, your ammunition for ranged weapons and your health. Oh, shit. Okay. Wow. So, it's it's a very minimal, like, or simplistic game when it comes down to it. Like, like you have a light runner. attack. Yeah, you have a light attack, you have a heavy attack, and you have a ranged attack. There's no items. Oh, sorry. You can apply poison to your weapons. That does a little bit of extra damage. I don't think it does damage over time, but it makes your hits a tad bit stronger. Uh, which does help a little bit. But outside of those things, like, that's it. There's no, like, items you can abuse. Um, kind of interesting. There's, yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, by the way, Go- Ghost Runner 2, dude. You see, that's coming out in October as well. Cause oh, my fuck, God. Fuck our lives, right? Yeah. October 26th, that comes out. So. Woo! And then Yakuza, or Like a Dragon, the man who lost his name, comes out November 8th. So you got. I'm gonna be- have to just take like two weeks of leave in October <laughs> there, and just yeah, veg. Oh, and it's it's the busiest month of the year for Daryl and I. So it's just it comes at it could not come at a worse time. <laughs> it could not well, come at a worse time. Luckily, there's no shortage of. Well, you guys get good downtime for Christmas, right? Typically, in years past, we've gotten two weeks. Although last okay. year we only got one week, and this year it might only be one week. But it is still. Like time that you wouldn't. I mean, yeah, you get a little bit extra time. You get a little bit extra. I was, time. yeah, I was gonna say there's no shortage of like time off with holidays after October. Yeah, even like Thanksgiving. Get through October. Week. Yeah, you get Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, tons of downtime there over the next you know two months. So yeah, hopefully um, we get it done. Daryl's got to get through God of War Ragnarok first, and then we'll then we'll talk. <laughs> 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 he's, been, he's still waiting on his uh, TV to be set up. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you wouldn't, Daryl. You wouldn't play because of your setup, and now, dude, you got no yeah. excuse anymore. No excuse. Okay. <laughs> still not set up, man. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> oh man. All right, sorry. But, um, no, you're good. That's Tales of Iron. Uh. I, I'm starting to realize I kind of just recommend everything. I don't know if I'm just very easy to please and have low standards, but I did enjoy my time with this. I would recommend it. If you care for the 100%, just be ready for a a, a tough experience. It's a fair experience, but it's tough. Uh, if you only care about the Platinum, I think you could set it on easy and normal and have yourself a good time. And then last but not least, uh, I got the Platinum in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I will not be saying anything about this game because I'm going to plug Kevin's podcast like we did last week and say, go listen to our thoughts on our, you know, we had a whole hour and a half discussion on this game over on the PlayStation plus game club. So look us up on that podcast, go listen to our thoughts. I will say it was a banger of a game. Definitely worth playing if you like beat em ups. Um, And with that, I will pass it back to one of you guys. If you guys got nothing to add. No, I do not. But yeah, go listen to that. I mean, it, like I said, I checked it out. You guys did great. And the game sounded very cool. I also highly recommend Mutant Mayhem, the movie. If you've not watched it yet, go see that. It is incredible. 
And the last Ronin TMNT game announced in development or published from THQ Nordic in development by Black Forest Games, the guys who did the Destroy All Humans 1 and 2 remake slash remasters. So that's a little bit of a not sure how to feel about that, but hopefully it's good. TMNT game sounds great. So a new TMNT game sounds great. Excuse me. And yeah. Very cool. The DLC for Shredder's Revenge came out soon, or comes out soon, or is out. I'm not sure. There is something new for that, so I don't know it, if that added trophies or not. But I think they said end of August. Okay. I think it's soon. Okay. But two new characters, new game modes. There's like a wave-based mode. It actually it looks really rad. The two new characters look sick. Do we know if there's new trophies yet or no? No, but I would assume there is. Hopefully there is. I yeah. kind of. This is one of the few times where I'm like, give us more trophies because I want to go yeah. back. Yeah, it was like me with Ghost Runner. And then I fin- finished that DLC. I'm like, oh, shit, Ghost Runner 2 comes out in four months. So <laughs> it's pretty awesome. But yeah, Daryl, let's go to you. What have you been playing? Obviously, you were on the PlayStation Plus Game Club podcast, so you were doing TMNT, TMNT Shredder's Revenge, but you had a couple other big games, I think, that you've been playing. Yeah, like you said, um, I was doing Shredder's Revenge. I'm still working on that. I have one more trophy left to go before I get the platinum. Uh, it's the one where you have to level up all the characters in the game. So right now I have three of the characters already at level 10. Uh, shockingly, I, the other remaining characters are all the Ninja Turtles. So What? <laughs> they're the only ones that need to level up. Uh, but luckily, I did level them up to uh, like five, like to level five and seven. So I don't have much cleanup left. It, it should probably take me like another few nights before I pop, pop the platinum. So should should be seeing that one pop up in a trophy room pretty soon. But uh, there are a few other games I have been playing. So this is one that Colin's probably going to love to hear. So I, I did get the platinum for SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Woo! I got the platinum for that. I got to say, Colin, I know you really love this game and you had a lot of fun with it, but I absolutely did not have fun with this game. I really wanted to. <laughs> but it was, it, I was not having it. This game at times made me like regret playing this game (laughs) dude the internet loved it though clearly this game is awesome right you saw the engagement on the twitter post dude people are vibing on you getting that platinum that's what it's all about next up the cosmic shake do it (laughs) do it or you're a wuss dude you're not a real gamer if you won't play cosmic shake (laughs) that's what kind of like that's what kind of made me like kind of clam up because i'm like Oh, great. I'm, like, totally in the minority on my opinions with this game. <laughs> no, but, I mean, I think that's good. We don't need to agree on everything, right? It's, in fact, it's healthy for us to disagree. So I'm curious why you didn't like it, though, because, yeah, even as a not SpongeBob fan, I did really enjoy it. So, yeah, what what did you think? How, how come it was it was a tough one for you? Uh, I mean, I like SpongeBob. I grew up watching SpongeBob. It was fun to, like see bikini bomb go to a lot of these places that i had seen in the cartoon and i mean the level design was great and it was really cool that they expanded on a lot of these places gave you a little bit more in depth on like you know these classic places like the chum bucket yes uh, i i i really did like the retirement home yes slash dude i was gonna bring that up hideout. 
So a lot of those were pretty cool. Yes. I just felt like the platforming at times was a bit unfair. Mm. I don't know why, but there's times where I'm just like, like so, okay, so my thought going into this game was that it's just going to be a totally easy grind, very chill, you know, not a ton of effort. But one place where I continuously died all the time was at the dream level. Oh, yeah. That part. Oh, man. Yeah. The long slide down. <laughs> Yeah, the long slides down, and then like the rotating uh, Rubik's cube blocks with the spikes on them. Yep. And then the enemies, dude, the ones that had the shields up. I'm like, this game shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> it, it just seemed like this game should have been a whole lot easier, but for some reason, at least for me, I'm just like, damn, dude, this game is hard. I was totally not expecting it to be this hard of a game. <laughs> Yeah, there, I, I did struggle a few times. There's some definite jank with the game. So I don't think you're wrong in that, like, sometimes it feels like you should make a jump and you don't. Sometimes it feels like there's, like, a half a frame delay or something on some of the stuff that you're doing. Like, I do totally get that. I think it was helpful for me to have watched the speedruns for the game before I played it because I knew some of the movement tech. In the game, like I was telling you about, Daryl, where you can, like, do your spin attack with, like, square. I can't remember the controls right now, but you do your spin attack and then a jump. And then you do your spin attack again and you get the fastest distance or fastest movement and the furthest distance. Excuse me. So, like, midair, if you do a jump, spin, and then your second jump, you can make these, like, kind of weird jumps that you, like, weren't supposed to be able to do. And, like, there's a lot of ways to, like, break the game, I guess, and make it easier. But certainly, it can be janky. I agree with you there. Yeah, I, I did. Um, there were some janky parts in the game. Um, you know, like the iframes was probably another one where I just like repeatedly kept getting like hurt by the enemy when I shouldn't have been. I was like, this is weird. Uh, I'm like getting hit all the time and my character is still blinking. Like, this is oh, stupid. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this. It was really annoying, but it was just me being really impatient. It's not really on the games, and it's just me like at 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 a certain point, I just got to a, a level of impatience and just like all out rage that the game <laughs> should have been easier, man. It was like I I had just played. I I can't remember what game I played before SpongeBob, but I was like, dude, Colin talks about this game. This game sounds like it's going to be easy, and that's what I was expecting. Totally not what I thought it would be. But, I mean, overall, I did have a fun time with the game. I wouldn't say it was probably, like, my favorite trophy hunt, but sure. it was fun to go back to the game just for the nostalgic um, reason of it. But I'll, I'll, I will say that Sandy was probably my favorite character to play as. Yes. <laughs> yep. I like the lasso. The lasso was a cool weapon. Oh, yeah. Once you get it in that downtown level and you can start flying up on those rooftops super easy and getting all those collectibles, oh, it's nice. Good time. Yeah. So that was a good one. Um, so after that, um, I went back to the division. You know, I, I really wanted to clean up the Last Stand DLC. So thankfully, after a lot of patience and games loss and disconnect, Finally got my 50 wins for my last trophy of the last stand DLC. So finally wrapped that up. I'm at 90% right now. So 
Got two more DLCs left to do. My next focus would be the survival uh, DLC. So um, I'm going to be working on that. I'm not sure exactly when, but I'm going to try to do it soon because I know for a fact if I put this on pause, I'm just never going to come back to it. So I'm hoping they jump back into it over the weekend. Shouldn't be too bad. I kind of have a strat down. I've been watching videos uh, in the past on how to make survival mode a little easier. I mean, um, what do you need? Three, three. Oh, survival, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You need a lot. I forgot. I forgot. We barely played that mode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the times we played, we at least I I never escaped and survived. No, I've only escaped so. once. And yeah, so. that seemed like it was glitched as well. <laughs> when even when it even when I did do it. So I need, I think, that trophy for, like, the 112 items or whatever the items extracted is. And then there's the trophy for earning the Master Survivalist rating or something like that. And I need that right. one as well. So I'm hoping to get into it soon just so I can, like, start getting a strat down and um, at least try to escape for once, man. I've played it maybe three or four times now. And you and I have played. Uh, we got close a few times. Pretty close. It's just the, yeah, the rogue agents, man. What do they call them? The predators. The hunters. Hunters. Yeah, yep. those guys, man. They're no joke. No, you're saying the sniper is what we were missing, something like that, right? Which, which does make sense. I don't think either of us had that when we played. So yeah, they say the sniper really does work against the hunters. Because you know you can always keep your distance, and the and the the sniper rifles do a ton of damage. Totally. You can always like disrupt them from healing. You know, it's easier to pick them pick them when they're far away compared to when they're just constantly in your face. Yeah, that makes sense, and, th and that way they don't have time to like heal because you do like four, you know, like three quarters of their health in one shot. Yeah, yeah. So. Cool story. So my last, my my 50th win uh, in the last stand DLC was a really close one, man. Like, I'm talking close. Like, <laughs> 100 points difference between winning and losing. But wow. I was on the losing team. We were losing. We were getting asses kicked, man. We were, it was like, there was no way we could come back. It's weird because I, I just feel like at some point in the game, the the tryhards just like they give up they don't play anymore so like slowly we started coming back slowly started coming back and then we had all three points capped and then we were just racking up oh points dude yeah and then we had the multipliers going I was like oh, oh that's wait gross. this is gonna be my win no way this is gonna be my fiftieth and sure enough I ended up getting the fiftieth win I was like look look at me man like. Five minutes ago, I was going to quit and just be like, oh, I'll play the next one. Hopefully, I get a dub then. <laughs> yep. Let's go. Did that a few times. Did that a few times where I nearly quit and we ended up coming back. Uh, but yeah, got that one. <sighs> Thank God, dude. Yep. I, I wish you guys did this with me. Yeah, I do too wish. now because I'm, <laughs> I mean, that game is deleted and I, I will come back to it for Last Stand, I think, but I don't know. If it's going to be this year, I would like to get some more trophies. The game is at 90% overall completion for me, which I feel pretty good about. And I'm happy with what I've done. The underground just broke me, dude. It was so repetitive. It was legitimately 40 hours of grinding 
that that mode over and over you know <laughs> so you got that to look forward to and you're com- and i guess i have uh last stand to look forward to but yeah they're all all the dlcs in that game are very long very difficult so yeah so you know after getting that trophy you know the game kind of broke me I, I really didn't know what to do with myself i didn't know if i just start up another game like a brand new game or maybe clean up but I, I decided to start a new game because I was thinking, you know, I didn't really have an easy time with SpongeBob. Maybe I'll have an easier time with this one game. And this one game I'll talk about Untitled Goose Game. Let's go. So I heard a lot of. Th- <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. What, should, what, what did you say the name was again? Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> Dude, that doesn't even sound like a honk. What are you, t- what are you talking? Yeah, the, yeah. Wait a second. Wait, yeah, come on now. <laughs> it, it sounded like a like it was having issues with this mic. <laughs> oh, classic, dude. Classic. All right. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. The game gives you the the feature to honk in the game, which actually comes quite handy in a lot of situations. You can use the honk to distract people while you're trying to accomplish different things on your to-do list. Mm-hmm. Or you could just be annoying, which I, I typically did during the game. I just was super annoying. <laughs> so <laughs> basically the game is you're this goose and you're just terrorizing this little, quiet, friendly town. And there's different sections. Different sections have different to-do lists. And you have to do all of these uh, items on the list before you can progress to the next area. Some of them are pretty easy. Some of them require a little bit of creativity because, like I said, you have humans that are kind of patrolling the area. And they will disrupt you if you start to do things like you're taking an item or they, they see you in an area where you're not supposed to be. So, like, there's this area where there's a shopkeeper the shopkeeper doesn't want any animals around, so every time you get in the area, she's always going to try to shoo you away. So things like that. But this game I heard was like really fun. I think people said it was like an easy trophy hunt. For me, after playing The Division, I was looking for something easy, just mm. something that didn't really require a lot of effort. But I was wrong, man. This game would like broke me. I was like, I didn't play video <laughs> games for three days straight because I was like, fuck, dude, I started that stupid goose game. Now it's brought my percentage down. I don't even want to play that dumb game no more. And then like three days later, I was like, all right, Daryl, stop being a wuss. You still haven't even completed the first area. Go back and do it. So mm-hmm. finally uh, sucked it up and it was just like, you know, let me go back and play it. It wasn't too bad. There's just some little quirks with the game that really upset me. Like, invisible walls. Like, I'm trying to sneak past this person with an item. And, like, somehow I just get stuck. Like, I don't know what's blocking me from walking oh, forward. And, yeah. and, like, and, and, like, the human will, like, take the item away from me. It's pretty cool. Like, when the human takes an item from you, they'll start walking away. And then you can, like, pull a ninja move and just, like, take it back. And they're like, oh, the item's gone. And it's, like, five seconds before they realize you took it back. <laughs> it's like, dude, these guys are so stupid. 
they're not even as smart as a goose. Exactly. Wow. So, play this. Um, I will say the game really only takes maybe two to three hours at best, maybe even shorter. I think I'm just terrible at it, so it took me longer. But I think where the game really kind of opens up for you is the speedruns trophies that you have to do. So, yes. each of the areas has a speedrun trophy. And you have to complete all of those items on your to-do list, like I mentioned, before the, the church bell rings. So the church bell rings, only have six minutes to complete the entire list of items. And some areas are a little easier than others. I found one area to be really difficult. It was area three, where you have these neighbors, and you have to do an items, uh, the to-do list, in the area with the neighbors so it was kind of weird because the neighbors were were um the areas blocked off by a fence so the only way to get through one area is you have to kind of like open up this this kind of fence that breaks off from the main fence and use that to kind of roam around and then the lady will notice that the fence is like kind of partially destroyed so she'll wrap it up but you can't unlock it from that side anymore you have to kind of go you kind of have to destroy this cabinet that provide that ends up being a ramp and then that's how you go over to the initial area so you have to do that a few times back and forth back and forth and it's, it's actually quite um creative you know I, I really liked it but some of those things just it just felt like six minutes was just not long enough, but it can be done. It's just, it has to be executed perfectly. And that was like the one area I struggle with the most. Everything else is pretty simple, um, pretty doable, but that was the one area. And then, you know, once I did that, the game really actually got quite better for me, like doing all these random things, like stealing a person's hat, uh you know scoring a goal that was pretty cool so that one you actually had to take the soccer ball that you found from area two and just kind of just push it along all the way to area three i believe so like a lot of the trophies are kind of interwoven between the different areas which i really liked that is cool so, um, i dress up the bus with things from outside the back gardens so area three, you only use the items from that area to dress up the bust. But in area two, like I mentioned with the shopkeeper, there's a lot of items in there that you can use to um, take back to area three. So it was, it was pretty cool. I liked it. That's where I really enjoyed the game. It was quite fun doing a lot of the cleanup. I think my favorite was uh, trapping the boy in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I, I really like that. You troll. But I, what, I told you, man. I just love trolling little kids, man. I guess so, family. dude. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at first, you know, it kind of took me a little bit to warm up to this game. But, I mean, it's a great game. I had fun with it. It's just initially, I really did not like it at first. It kind of broke me in. I went on the hiatus for a couple days. Yeah, it but just goes to show you got to be in the right headspace with games. You have to, you know, if you're not really, it's all about timing with your back catalog. When you approach something, you really got to want to be into it. 
you know, because even if you take a yeah. three day break and you come back and you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. It's like, all right, see, so it's not bad. It's just like if you would have forced yourself to keep playing it those three days prior, you probably would have hated it. You know, you just got to. I mean, that's a, yeah. it's a good life lesson to, to remember. I, I just feel like there's a lot of times where I'm just like kind of forcing myself to play it rather than just taking time away. And I definitely took time away from it just because I'm like. I'm not going to play if I don't like it. Maybe I could just do something else in the meantime. Right. Then when I finally, like, after those three days, I was like, I have not played video games in three days. This is so unlike me. So I just went back to that game and ended up not being too bad. Yeah. And part of it, too, is the motivation to be like, all right, I might not be loving this thing, but at least it's decent. Let me get through it, and then I can get to another game I really want. We'll say the the ending of the game is pretty cool. I liked it a lot. It was really cool. And um yeah, it's a fun game. I, I can see why a lot of people enjoyed it. It's it's fun being a goose and just you know, messing with people. Totally. And yeah, I mean I I'm just a few games I'm working on. You know, I got a couple plats. I think the next big game I'm probably gonna tackle is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Cool. I started. <laughs> it's actually pretty cool. I'm excited to tackle this game because every time I like go through my catalog and I like briefly land on Guardians of the Galaxy, that cool song pops up. Yeah. It, it's it's pretty dope, man. That <laughs> Yeah, I was like, damn. I want to play this song now. Dude, it is so clutch when those games... Because not all games have like a song that plays when you hover it, right? But the games that do, it's actually very, I think, helpful and enticing. And it can be, at least, in helping one of you to play it. is the key word. Right. If the song sucks, then oh, yeah. no good. But like Final Fantasy VI's There's... song is Chef Kiss. Great. You know, I'm always like, oh, I really need to play this. Like, yeah. There's some games I scroll over on that home menu and I'm like... I, like, I hear the song, and I'm like, no, not this. I need to switch to a different icon. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and there was some that were, like, like I think the Resident Evil games have, like, really scary, like, ambiance noise. When you hover over them, so you're like, fuck that. Like, I'm not getting into that. It's, it sounds hella scary. So, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. It's funny. Yeah. The, the music definitely helps, and especially for this game, because I feel like just the music overall is what kind of propelled Guardians of the Galaxy it's one of those games with like a pretty cool soundtrack, you yeah, know, in the movies, in, in too. The movies for sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I'm working on that. I, I haven't really, po- well, I haven't really played much. I haven't even popped a trophy yet. I'm on the first level. Damn, that first level looks so pretty, man. Just like in outer space. And mm. yeah, it looks sick. I, I really like the look of the game. So pretty cool. I'm really excited to get into that one. But that's probably the next big game I'm going to tackle. And I think I will probably tackle Ragnarok after if oh, I have the Christ. time. Thank Christ, dude. <laughs> I <laughs> feel like it's been on the shelf for a while. You know, you want to, uh, yeah. I want to give it some proper loving. All right, nice. We'll finally do our spoiler cast on Ragnarok. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Are you planning on playing AC Mirage or you know, any of the, or Spider-Man 2 in October, Daryl, or are you going to wait on those? So I'm, I'm probably going to play Spider-Man 2 for sure. Like yeah. that's the only one I'm like really interested in. The others, um, 
I mean, they sound like fun games, but they're not. The hype around them is not as much as like the hype I have for Spider Man Two. Like, I really want to play that game. Yeah, Spider Man Two, I think is going to be great. And the thing I I can't imagine it's going to be more than like thirty hours to platinum. You know, so that that's the other thing that makes me really excited about it. But very good, and Guardians, I, I, man. I, I, Go ahead. And I feel like that game is probably like one game all three of us will probably play and talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. for sure. I'm I'm going to get it day one. I don't know how quickly I'll be able to get through it because, like we said, October can be busy. But I'm certainly going to try. The If anything, you know, if it's anything like Miles Morales or the original Spider-Man, I'm not going to be able to put it down, even if I am busy. So I'm hoping... That it's going to be great. I just love swinging around the city, man. Like, it's it's one of those things, like, when I was playing Ghost Runner, I would, like, constantly clip, like, my last, like, one minute of gameplay, because I'm like, man, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> and then I'd have to, like, stop myself from sharing it constantly, because I'm like, no one wants to see this shit. And with Spider-Man, it's kind of the same thing, where, like, you're swinging around the city, I'm like, man, that was sick. And, like, <laughs> like, what I just did was so cool. I just love the physics in that game, and, like, the way that it feels to swing around, so really looking forward to it it's gonna be good obviously miles is the better character so gonna be playing as him we're given the option but yeah any other games you want to talk about daryl before we move on oh that's all i had um uh, a good uh couple weeks of gaming for sure had yeah a, lot a couple of plats games to totally yeah both you guys couple plats there or tales of iron and 100 and then yeah tmnt so yeah it's good stuff good stuff daryl did yes. you did you uh, mess with the co-op mode at all in Untitled Goose Game? Oh, I, I did not. So, yeah, I've I've mentioned this on the podcast so many times. Even when I was talking about Overcooked, so like I'm trying, I'm trying to build this co-op gaming relationship with my wife. I'm trying to turn her into a gamer. Mm. So I've started a list uh, on my PS5. Now that we have the list function of all the co-op games I have. And Untitled Goose Game is up there for one of the like soon-to-play games for us. Because they added a co-op mode like later into the game's life cycle. Uh, I was just curious to see if you had any thoughts on that. If you checked it out with your wife. I should have. I'm, I'm kind of sad I didn't. But I, I will definitely keep those... Um those options in mind because i i really would love to play more games with her i i wanted her to play shredder's revenge with me but she didn't really seem all that interested in it my wife actually liked it a lot because it's very simple i was yeah. like here's the jump button here's the punch button that's all you need to know and you know she was actually helpful and she helped me level up the last like three characters i had it was actually kind of nice hmm. um nice but no i was <laughs> My experience with Untitled Goose Game is that first level and only that first level. And um, I I don't know if you mentioned it. I really like the music that plays when the humans chase you. Like <laughs> when humans start walking towards you, like their footsteps are in are in beat with like a piano. And the hmm. faster they run, the faster the piano plays. And it's like, din, 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 din. and they're like, <laughs> It gets really stressful, but then they like lose you and they wander away, and this the piano becomes kind of sad, like a sad tone as they like walk away. I think that <laughs> I thought that was pretty yeah. clever. Um, the, the the way they walk kind of reminds me of like a like, like a puppeteer in, yeah. in control of like a puppet, like their their feet kind of like dingle underneath them. Some solid ragdolling, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. My wife, when I told her, go ahead. Um, my wife, when I told her, like, "Hey, can, do you want to play Shredder's Revenge with me?" and then she like acted like she didn't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, it's the last time I ask you." But yeah, yeah, yeah I'm stoked to really dive into it because I've only done that first level, and I I was kind of in the same mindset of, as you were. I thought it was kind of frustrating trying to like figure out the best way to do stuff. But all I can think of is like, if I have the second goose here, if I have the second piece. My wife to help cause my chaos. Wife. My wife. My wife. We can we can cause chaos. <laughs> Very nice. How much? As as the geese. <laughs> <laughs> Hang like slave <laughs> of wizard. <laughs> this car is the pussy magnet. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be cool to see that game as a co-op. Oh gosh. And there goes the monetization. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah co-op does sound weird for that game i have no idea how that would even it feels you... like it would break it yeah yeah personally unless <laughs> they add in some type of like extra challenge uh or like maybe extra humans i don't know but i know it's like one goose is challenging but all i could think of is like man if a second goose was here this would be so easy so much easier i mean that's a lesson for life really right why have one goose when two will do all right (laughs) very good very good um that wasn't like an innuendo i'm just saying like geese are cool why would you have one goose if you can have two why have a solo goose anywho let's move on uh daryl any other games that you've been playing in terms of uh terms of platinums or anything else you want to talk about no man that's all i got that's a good amount both you guys are killing it absolutely killing it four platinums between the two of you so well done and oh, yeah. quite a few of the community members have played and love Guardians of the Galaxy, so I think you are in good company there, Daryl. So you'll have a fun time with that as your journey through the extra catalog continues. I've been on this trend of really splitting my gaming time, and I enjoy it, but it does mean it's slower progress. So like, what I mean by that is like, I'm 35 hours into Pikmin 4, right? I could have finished a couple PlayStation Platinums in that time, but I'm really loving Pikmin 4. So I've been playing that, putting a good amount of time into it. I still really recommend it. I've talked about it before. I'm not going to go into detail here, but it is surprisingly longer than the other Pikmin games. You know, Pikmin 1 and 2 are probably like 15 hours, I think, maybe 10 for Pikmin 1. I never played Pikmin 3, so I can't speak to that. But to jump to, you know, I've, I've, I wasn't looking at this game like or looking up info to try to stay as blind in my playthrough as possible. And eventually I got to the point where I was like, I'm 25 hours into this thing. Like, when is this going to end? And I was like, what? Like, this game could be 40 to 50 hours long? That's crazy. But it's true. So it is a big investment. So I'm still playing that over there on the Switch. Really loving it. I started playing Gears Tactics on the Xbox. And it started just because I was kind of bored on the Xbox side, waiting for Starfield. Didn't really know what to play. I'd gotten a couple achievements in Master Chief Collection, so I was like, eh, let me start something. And I have to say, this game is really, really competent and very fun. I think I played XCOM on the 360. I think that's right. And then, yeah, I haven't played XCOM 2 beyond the tutorial, which is leaving me at 1% trophy completion, goddammit. But the Gears Tactics package is basically the things that I loved about XCOM and about other tactics games I've played in the past 
with an IP that I know and a world that I know, and it's dumbed down enough to work on console and not feel like it's scuffed. So I guess what I mean by that is the thing that people hate the most about XCOM 2 is that it added this timer mechanic. It basically made the game that was already incredibly difficult even harder by making your moves in during your turns timed, right? And the part of the thing and part of the appeal about a tactics game is that you can take as much time as you want, look at the various hit percentages for the different moves, look at how you want to move your troops around on the board, and have it be a very well-thought-out experience. XCOM 2 kind of says, fuck that, you can't really think too hard. And, uh, yep, oops, your character died, well, too bad, you know? And it's like, ah, shit, that really sucks. And Gears gets rid of that. Thank God, because I think... At its core, it's a very strategic stress, uh, chess-like experience where you have these different units, right? You have like the sniper class. You've got the people that use the the chainsaw guns, the lancers. You've got people that use like, you know, the shotguns that run up close. And you can kind of use these different units in such a way to like get through the levels in a very strategic manner. You know, trying to not get anyone hurt or downed. I'm going for as many of the achievements as I can. And the missions are about like 45 minutes to an hour a piece when I'm playing them. So I just like when I'm playing Xbox for that day, I'll pop on. I'll play one mission. I'm like, I'm good to go. Hop off. And it is a really, really fun way to use your brain and a a different type of game than you probably normally play. So I just want to shout out if you have an Xbox, try, you know, try out Gears Tactics. It really had me thinking like I need to go back to XCOM 2 and try it. Again, I need to at least like beat the game, get some more completion percentage on that. And also, I would just love if more big IPs on the on the Sony side made tactics games. You know, like I even think it could work with something like Uncharted or something like The Last of Us. You know, The Last of Us tactics would be really interesting. Like you don't necessarily have to kill everything on the map, you just have to get to the exit or, you know, things like that, right? You can search the map and scour the map for different crafting components and then use them in such a way in a turn-based fashion to like clear the board and i don't know why they haven't really messed with it that much on the sony side it feels like it's a pretty neglected genre but when you looked at or when you look at xbox game pass and what they have over there gears tactics halo spartan assault halo wars 1 halo wars 2 right like there's way more offering over there if you like this type type of gameplay. I know tactics and RTS are not the same, but the point still stands that there's not a whole lot of that on the PlayStation side. I think they could do more. So I want to shout that out. Final Fantasy VI, I'm still playing about 30 hours into this game, and I really love it. The soundtrack in particular is incredible. I want to shout out a Cyan's theme, C-Y-A-N. The remaster version of the song just hits. You know, I got to hit this point in the story where I the song was playing, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put the controller down. I'm just going to sit here and not hit A or X to, like, keep this text box going and just listen to the song, and it's really incredible. I highly recommend the soundtrack. One thing to note, though, and with this Pixel remaster, along with all of them in the collection, the recommendation when you look at PSM profiles is to basically follow this text guide as you go through it. According to the the post, and according to the guide, if you follow it word for word, you will not miss any trophies, and you will get the get the platinum in one playthrough. Well, typical me, I got fucked by this because it's a bestiary entry, and it's me. When has this not happened, right? So here's here's the deal. In different areas that you go to in the game, in the chapter breakdown, in the written text guide, which I'm following word for word, 
it will give you, hey, here's this new area. Here's six new bestiary entries that you can get in this area. And the guide is very good about saying, okay, before you leave, farm these bestiary entries because they become unavailable later. Now, I get to the point in the game where the world changes. I won't spoil it, but the map completely dissolves and becomes something different, right? For some unknown reason. You'll figure that out. And a lot of the bestiary entries at that point from the previous portion of the game become unobtainable. Unobtain entirely, which I also was not aware of. It never calls that out in the guide, except for like the areas where it goes, hey, make sure to get these two or three, right? But it doesn't tell you that that's going to happen for all like of the first 150 bestiary entries. So I got to a point in the game and I was like, you know, I'm just going to look and see how I'm doing, right? I should have all this stuff. I'm popping all the trophies where it says I should. I should be on track. I was one bestiary entry behind. And lo and behold, bestiary entry 74, I think, or 76 is for a bug, a fucking bug that you just fight in some field, some random ass field in between two cities that I now can no longer find, apparently, in the second half of the game. The second 20 hours of the game, I can't fight a bug, okay? It's impossible, apparently. So now, I'm, even though I, the guy did not call out that this was a missable entry, I went back and checked. It did not call that out at all. I need to go back. I need to start a second playthrough. When I'm done with the first playthrough, which is going to take 40 hours, and I need to get up to the point in the game where I can get the bestiary entry. Now, luckily, unlike when this happened to me in Rune King, I don't need all the bestiary entries on one save file. They can be across multiple as long as they're linked to the same PlayStation account. So thank Christ, because I really only need to get up to, like, the third or the fourth chapter of the game. But I'm really pissed, and that, like really has dissuaded me from picking this game up for almost a week now. I don't think I've played it in a week, maybe a week and a half, because I'm just like, you gotta be joking me. First, it was the fucking random slot machine trophy, which I grinded for like three to four hours, right? It's It just, I guess suffice it to say, like, I understand why this Final Fantasy in the collection has the lowest platinum percentage. There is quite a bit of shit that you need to keep track of in this game. And it's kind of a shame, because the story of the game the visuals of the game, the music in the game, the characters in the game are incredible. But the Platinum just really is not designed in a way that is conducive to you doing it in one playthrough unless you are obsessively looking at your phone while you play the game. And that just totally takes away from the enjoyment of it. And yeah, that is kind of a bummer to me. More so than anything else because I really want to get to Final Fantasy 16 and I'm not going to start that game until I finish Final Fantasy 6. So Final Fantasy VI is there, like I said, 25, 30 hours into that. I've also been playing in the last week or so, the bulk of my time has gone to Quake 2. And I reviewed the, the uh, trophy list last time. We talked about how there's not really a whole lot of variety in that list, how there's not really combat-specific things that you have to do. There's not collectibles. There's no secrets. You just play the game, and that's cool. But it is a game that is screaming for a little bit more tender love and care, okay? The, the game is so fun, and the lighting is really incredible. The engine is great. You know, it runs at a smooth 60, which of course it should. It's an older game, but I, I just mean that to say, like, it runs quite well. It is fun to play. The music is good. The gunplay is good. The level design is varied and interesting. And for a game that originally released in 1997, you can see how this would influence things later on. Like, when I'm playing Quake 2, I'm like, oh, this is Doom 3. Like, I get it. Like, I can totally see the pieces that became Doom 3. 
And because you can see that, you can totally see the pieces that became a certain Halo game or Killzone or whatever. Like the lineage is there. You can totally get it why this game mattered and why it was so cool. I didn't know at the time that I purchased it that it actually has nothing to do with Quake 1 in terms of the story. Quake 1 was still designed by id at a time when John Romero was part of id. Now, for those of you who don't know, John Romero is one of the principal designers, founders at id, and one of the really creative brains behind Doom, Doom 2, Quake, Return to Castle, or uh, Wolfenstein 3D, and a bunch of other older games that id worked on. And you can kind of see that when he's not part of this game, like it, it changes, its direction changes, the way that the story is told changes, and it picks up basically more as like a sci-fi military shooter than Quake, which was really like, you don't really know who the fuck you are, but you're in this realm of eldritch horrors and monstrosities, and it was really more of like a Doom with a slightly different skin. Now, just like Quake 1, you can aim up and down in Quake 2. You know, in Doom, the originals, as you guys probably know, you can't aim up and down. It's all just left and right. So Quake 2 continues that. And one of the great things about this game, even though the trophies fall short, is that all of the extra content is included. So you got three expansions to the base game. You have the base game. You've got Quake 64, which is basically the base game in this, in this instance, unlike Doom 64, which was kind of a different game. You've got The Reckoning. You've got um, Call of the Machine, and you've got another expansion, which is escaping me right now. Hold on a second. I have this pulled up because I knew I would forget. Ground Zero. There you go. Now, the problem is that Ground Zero and The Reckoning are about the same length as the main game. So the main game on normal took me probably, I don't know, eight to ten hours to complete. The expansions are just as long. And that is cool from a content per value of money perspective, but there's really not a whole lot of new added stuff in those expansions. Kind of the same enemies, kind of the same maps, kind of feels like a little bit of padding to me. And having to not find the secrets on them or anything, like it just feels like I'm just going through the motions and getting through them. So I'm playing those two on easy. I've beaten the Reckoning. I'm doing Ground Zero right now. And then I'm going to switch back to normal, which I did normal for the whole main campaign. Uh, to do Quake 64, and then also to do Call of the Machine. Call of the Machine is the expansion I'm the most excited for because it's made by Machine Games. So they also made an expansion in Quake 1, but they are the guys that, of course, made Wolfenstein 2, the New Colossus. They made Wolfenstein the Old Blood, Wolfenstein the New Order. And rumors and recent releases would heavily indicate they're working on a Quake remake of some capacity. So that is probably the part that's the most exciting to me. Um, in addition to that, the game has an in-game sort of like museum that you can look at concept art. You can look at the first trailers for Quake 2 from 1997. You can even play the demo they had on the floor of E3 in 1997 and see what that was like for the game. You can look at all the bestiary entries, all the guns, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that as an overall package, when you include crossplay and co-op, local, split-screen, and online multiplayer for online that's crossplay. It's a really incredible package for 10 bucks. I just think that from a trophy perspective, it could have been so much better. And I do think that some of the expansions are a little bit lackluster. I'd give the main game a solid like seven and a half out of 10. And I would give the expansions so far probably like a six out of 10. So unless you're a really big fan of retro shooters and boomer shooters, I would maybe say like, you don't really need to go into this game too much i'd probably recommend quake one over this one but if you do like these type of games it's worth 
picking up. So I'm hoping to have the Platinum done for that relatively soon. It's sitting at a 25.8% already on PSMP because there is no difficulty trophy for this. So it's quite common. And uh, yeah, after that, I'll go back to Final Fantasy VI. When I finish my first playthrough of that, I'm going to start Warhammer Bolt Gun. And then I'll work through my New Game Plus and Warhammer at the same time. And then I will get to Final Fantasy XVI. So that's kind of my game plan and what I have been playing. Do you guys have any questions or anything you want to add for those? Quake 2 is tempting to buy. Um, I was looking when we were talking about the Stars program. I have like 15 bucks in Stars money right now. Yeah. So I'm like, ooh, do I do I claim 10, 10 of that and pick that up? But I haven't played the first one yet. So I think I'll wait, play the first one, see if that hooks me and maybe grab the second. Yeah, then... first one's great. It's an ultra rare plat too. So I would recommend it. Hell yeah. And then... The God, what did I want to say? The bestiary shit. Next time, you know, every future game you ever play, if there's a bestiary trophy, just skip that game. Don't bother. <laughs> is there fucking is there bestiary shit in FF16? Because I'm gonna lose no. it, dude. Oh well, my god. No. No. There's like there's bounties. That's the closest thing. But those are like. But that's hey, fine. There's a super strong enemy in this area go kill him right and it doesn't spawn until you trigger it by taking yeah. the quest on blah 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 yeah so that seems that's fine that's fine when it's no. random encounters and you need to encounter specific things it's so frustrating the the guide also doesn't tell me it'll be like okay in this dungeon here's 25 bestiary entries and you're like cool i can't get the last two to spawn for the life of me and then you have to go online and look at Reddit posts from like fucking 20 years ago or whatever. And you're like, oh, they only spawn in the first two rooms of the dungeon, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, this would have been good info to put in the guide that PSMP is shoving in my face telling me if you follow this, you won't miss anything. Because it's not true. Like, you need to supplement it. Again, you're just on your phone too much for FF6. And it really takes away from just like how good the game is. The fact that you have to be that like tuned out by being on the second screen the whole time. It's it's kind of interesting you can go through that game and not see every enemy mm -hmm. i guess like i've played one and two i know this is six so it's totally different i think i played six on the ds but i always kind of just assume like as you progress through the game like you'll just naturally see every enemy i didn't know there was like rare spawns like there is like shiny pokemon yeah it's it's very pokemon like actually good call yeah there was like a certain island I went to that spawned like over and over, probably 50 times, these just basic enemies. It was like a rabbit, a fucking a bird, and they would die in like one hit and do like no damage to me. And I was like, what is going on here? The guide is telling me to just farm stuff in this area. I don't see anything. And then out of nowhere, this, this enemy shows up at one point, and it's the legit hardest enemy I have fought so far in the game. <laughs> and it, apparently looking it up, it's an ultra, ultra rare spawn, like one out of 26 or something. And it only spawns on that island. So you could be dissuaded really easily thinking like, oh, this is like an early level area. There's nothing to get here and just leave and yeah. you would totally miss it. I mean, there is there is a cool element to that. It's also a little bit frustrating. But um, again, I think everything else about the game is really great. I recommend Final Fantasy VI from a game perspective. I don't know if I recommend it from a trophy hunting perspective. But yeah, uh, mm. Daryl, anything you want to add? just real unfortunate Colin that this keeps happening to you <laughs> yeah I know I know dude it's my own damn vault with the legends of uh or sorry with the rune king one I didn't read the comments but 
this one I don't feel like I deserved. <laughs> Maybe Slugger's right. I'll stick away from bestiary entries in the future. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really excited to get to FF16, and I also pre-ordered Assassin's Creed Mirage. It's going to be here when it comes out. So looking forward to that. The goal would be to get through things relatively quickly here. I need to start FF16 in the next week and a half, basically. So, God, I can't wait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get to it. Jump after it. <laughs> that, that first hour or two, wherever the demo ends, I remember talking on the show about how you know, everyone raved about the demo and how the demo hooked them. I bet you'll be able to tell where the demo ends because where it ended for me, I'm like, that's the demo end right there because that just mm. hooked me. Mm. Like, I want to see this through. So I'm, I'm curious to see if we if we see this uh like the same thing there oh yeah i'm I'm really excited about it it's it's gonna be great so yeah that's gonna do it guys for episode 92 of the show thank you so much for listening if you've gotten to this point we really appreciate it we're almost three hours in it looks like at this point so we are jamming and we will be back with episode 93 and some trophy list reviews in a few weeks time but until then slugger where can people find you at uh, let's see. You can find me on Discord, PSN profiles, and the PlayStation Network at SluggerJD. And you can find me at Twitter or X. They're the same thing at <laughs> Slugger underscore JD. Fantastic. Daryl, where can people find you and your gooses, your geese? <laughs> uh, you can find me on PSN profiles, PlayStation, and on Discord at the Tall Samoan Guy. I do post on our main account that the guys and myself run at Trophy Talk Pod, so you can find posts that we make there as well um, on our Platinums that we do. Yes, sir. Go and check that out. A couple of those are blowing up. The SpongeBob one and the, the Untitled Goose Game are doing quite well, so make sure to follow us there at Trophy Talk Pod. Check out the Discord. It's pinned on the SoundCloud and on the Patreon and on the X slash Twitter. Remember, Patreon again, patreon.com slash Trophy Talk Podcast if you're interested. If not, totally fine as well. We, ha- we are happy to have you as a, as a free feeds listener, so to speak. So thank you for being here. And you can find me on PlayStation, Xbox, League of Legends, Steam, YouTube, Twitch, all at CK Present. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll catch you later. Happy gaming and goodbye.